0: It's January 19th, 2023. This is Rook. Hi there, welcome to episode 231 of Rook. Okay, Canadian government, you're out of excuses. Finally put the IRGC on the terrorist list. I'm Gian Gomeshi, hello to you from Toronto. Salam Dustanazis. Aziz. At what point do lip service and photo ops wear thin? At what point does policy that actually reflects your tweeted position, begin. You see, Canadian government, it's been a few years now that we, in this space, on this show, have been advocating for the designation of the Iranian Revolutionary Guard Corps, IRGC, as a terrorist group. Frankly, it seemed like a no-brainer. Freeze the assets, criminalize participation, curb the funds, and Canada is supposedly so interested in the Iranian people's fight to be free. Oh, there's the Prime Minister and the Foreign Minister shouting support at Iranian-Canadian events for all to see. But if the idea is to make every effort to support freedom, why the deliberation? If the idea is to do whatever it takes to bring justice, why the equivocation? To be honest, it gets a little embarrassing. Come on Canadian government, you're out of excuses, finally put the IRGC on the terrorist list. You've been telling us you're committed to turning the tides, but it's other countries that are making big strides. So it was today that the European Parliament voted by a massive margin to recommend this be done in Europe. Britain has pledged to do the same, and the United States has already got the policy on its books. And is it the be all and end all measure that completes the revolution? Not so. Will such action save the children being attacked by the IRGC in Zahidan today? No, but it is a step, an important step, a vital step, and a step that Iranian Canadians have passionately pursued for years now. How are we supposed to take you seriously when you claim you'll do whatever it takes? How are we supposed to not think you're simply a bunch of fakes? Is it the specter of finally doing what the opposition party has been demanding? Yes, there is the issue of not criminalizing or inhibiting those who were conscripted into the IRGC in the past and had no choice. But the case has been made that they could be carved out of any proclamation and given a voice. So then it's a matter of resources, needing to beef up the RCMP, CSIS, financial intelligence and border security to see that the listing of the IRGC as a terrorist entity is properly followed through. And after all your pictures with families of victims, is that too much to ask of you? There are many ways in which Canada has been a progressive force in the world in the past. Apparently the current government sees itself as such well then surely actually acting on what is needed to stand up to Iran is not asking too much. Come on Canadian government, you're out of excuses. It's not really that hard and we know you get the gist. Finally do what is right. Put the IRGC on the terrorist list. Coming up on this edition of Rook, Poet and activist Hila Saddiqi in a feature interview taped last week in the Middle East, plus author and psychotherapist Shirin Amoni Ozadi in London. This is Rook, episode 231, The Uprising, The Plight of Political Prisoners. Right. Hello to you, everyone listening around the world. Sorry about the voice. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know what to do about the voice. This is the voice. This is what happens when you go to the Middle East and you come back on a plane. And I know that person who was sitting not too far from me coughing. I was like, somebody should tell her to wear a mask. But uh, I don't know. I'm keeping uh, a significant distance from the, uh, the Rook crew. And, uh and from you, those of you listening <laughs> around the world I will I will promise not to give you this through your podcast earphones but um uh, I'll sold you through hopefully you can put up with my voice uh thank you for joining us uh and here we go coming up on this show I, I don't know what it is by the way I think it's a um, a cold a flu yeah, I don't something.
1: Know. Yeah, maybe you screamed a lot. Maybe I screamed a lot. I've been
0: screaming a lot about a lot of things, yeah. <laughs> Come on, Canada. Put the IRGC on the terrorist list or I'm going to lose my voice. Yeah, um, that could be it. I mean, I look fine, right? Yeah, I like it actually. Oh, you yeah. like this look? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah, bulbous red nose. and yes. uh, uh, That's Shia, by the way. Hi, Shia. Yes, uh, hi. Coming up on the show, Hila Sadiqi. Um... I'm, I'm very interested and uh, I should say excited to share this with you. This is the poet and painter and uh, social activist. Um, Hila Sediri, you know, if you recognize the name and you don't immediately know who she is, she is the woman who, uh, as a young woman, um, became uh, one of the voices of the Green Movement and opposition to the regime back in 2009 as this poet uh, who, with her rapturous sort of orations that were caught on video and then traded and sent around, and she became very well-known at the time. She was sort of the shervin, if you'll yes. take the poetry and uh, yes. compare it to the music, shervin of that movement. Um, she is now uh, outside of Iran, but uh, she's been through quite a lot. I mean, she, uh, at the time, was arrested. She's been arrested many times. Uh, and she is quite fearless. She continues to speak out these days about, uh, wanting the, um, the end of this regime. Uh, so I had the occasion to interview her in person, uh, one-on-one last week, face-to-face, uh, in the Middle East. Now, why am I saying the Middle East? Because, uh, Uh, where Hila is currently staying is not the safest place to be speaking out about Iran the way she is, Uh, so we'll just keep it at that. Uh, But uh, needless to say, it was uh, somewhere close to Iran. And I should say this interview... Uh, she actually speaks English, but she preferred, I mean, she's a poet after all, yes. so she's got a facility for language in Persian, so she preferred to speak in Persian. So I ask the questions mostly in English, she responds in Persian. Uh, just a heads up to those of you, we do have a, a bunch of non-Iranian listeners around the world. Uh, sorry about that. On this one, you may not uh, be able to follow some of this if she's speaking in Persian, but we will, in the, in the coming days, put up a video version of this interview with... Uh, english subtitles so you'll be able to read them but so uh the rest of you i'm sure most of you actually listening will understand the persian what we wanted to focus on and what she's the perfect uh, guest for is uh the plight of political prisoners the the title of this show uh it's gila's contention and I, i did an essay about this uh not too long ago i guess three or four weeks ago that despite the um the important and needed focus on the executions that have been taking place in Iran. Mm -hmm. Of course, the world needs to draw attention, draw its attention to that. Mm -hmm. Um, We cannot see lack of executions or uh, executions that are are withheld or, or stayed as victory because in the meantime, there are these imprisonments that are taking place and particularly when it comes to political prisoners there is so much damage that is being done to these people who in many cases are just being uh, detained and arrested and taken away for you, you know minute mm-hmm. gestures of protest yeah. uh, not wearing the hijab or saying something in social media or going out on the street some of them very young yeah. And uh, Gila talks quite eloquently, both because she's in touch with some of these people who've uh, been in prison, who've just come out of prison, and also because of her own experience with this regime and being imprisoned a few times. Uh, Talks about the um, horrific trauma and and psychological effects uh, that these imprisonments are having Mm -hmm. on these political prisoners that could affect them for years to come. Um, it was a very, uh, candid and, um, at times difficult, you know, some of the information she she shares, interview uh, that we did last week. I look forward to you hearing it. We'll we'll give this to you in just a few minutes here. This is Hila Sadiqi uh, from the Middle East when we did this interview last week. Later in the show, following uh, us playing this interview with Hila, we've got psychotherapist and author Shirin Amoni Azari joining me from London and she is doing work as a, as a psychotherapist, as a doctor, uh, dealing with those who are experiencing torture and trauma in Iran. So she's working with a group of um, of doctors and psychologists around the world who are uh, remotely trying to help those inside Iran. So she's got also firsthand knowledge with what is happening in political prisons. And uh, this is, a you know, not exactly the... Uh, the most uplifting kind of uh, <laughs> uh, conversation to be having. Yeah. That said, this is really important. Yes, uh, this is, you know, as we say, for all the emphasis that has been placed on the executions, there is a humanitarian crisis going on in Iran right now with respect to what is happening to political prisoners who are being released and coming out as different people in some cases, as broken souls. And uh, people like Hila and Shirin are speaking out about that. And so we wanted to focus our show on that today. So we will get to Hila Sediri in just a few moments. Before we do that, um, now, uh, no Rook Roundtable today. Pega, uh, my uh, Rook Roundtable counterpart here, is is going to be back on Monday. Mm. Um, she is up north in the Canadian North. Uh, so we'll see her <laughs> Monday. Hopefully she'll, she'll not be snowbitten by the time she comes back. Um, but it's been quite a few days of activities with regards mm-hmm. to Iran and the revolution. The big news today being the European parliament. Now I know most people around the world have, who are listening to this may already know about this, but stick with me if you do know about it. Mm-hmm. And if you don't, let me just catch you up to speed. The European parliament voted in favor yes. of designating the Iranian Revolutionary Guards Corps, the, the IRGC, as a terrorist group. This is uh, 598 members of the parliament voted in favor, uh, nine voted against, 31 abstained. So the European parliament can't force the European Union to add the IRGC to the terrorist list, mm-hmm. but it stands as a clear message to Iran. This is a, a message to all the, the countries of Europe to, mm-hmm. to take this up. Um and if designated, this uh putting the IRGC on the terrorist list, which of course we've been talking about including in my opening essay just now about Canada doing so, uh it would then be a criminal offense in the EU to belong to the IRGC. So assets of the IRGC members would be frozen. Mm-hmm. The IRGC could not receive funds from citizens or businesses in the EU. Um And the EU is discussing another round of sanctions against Iran, and um, sources have said that members of the IRGC will be added to the Mm -hmm. sanctions list as soon as next week. Uh, Britain, which is no longer part of the EU, is reportedly expected to designate the entire IRGC as a terrorist organization as well in the coming weeks. So, um, you know, I want to say this is big. It is symbolic. Mm -hmm. You know, we have to be careful with these things, in my opinion, in the sense that it's It's not the big big win it's not the, 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 the um uh the the plight of the kid today and Zahidon is not oh. going to be changed no. in yeah. the next twenty four hours because of this vote. Yes. Uh, and there are a lot of practical measures that need to be taken. There are so many things that our our governments and international institutions, uh, our governments, by I mean by the governments of those of us living in the West, should do to continue to put pressure on this regime, isolate, not enable mm-hmm. the Islamic Republic to continue to terrorize the the citizens of Iran, et cetera. Um, and this is, you know, this is not going to change all of that. Mm-hmm. But it's still very significant, oh, particularly yeah. when it comes to assets, particularly when it comes to, to naming the, the folks who can no longer gallivant around uh, Europe or hopefully North America if if uh, Canada signs on with the U.S. as the U.S. has done to so the IR- IRGC fully being on the terrorist list. These things will have implications. So. Um, I know there's some folks, you know, I, I would caution against seeing this as the the victory of all victories, but I was also caution against some people who have kind of. Um Taken to social media uh, to uh, poo-poo this as meaning nothing, uh, because it, it, you, these are all steps that yes. we hope will lead to something, and they draw some international attention. They have their place, and uh, and and frankly, Canada has still not done this, as I said in the opening essay. So, so this is a hope that, uh, at the very least, the mm-hmm. the world outside of Iran will be united, yes. in saying you know no to this regime by the way I think the uh, there was a response from the foreign minister uh-huh. uh, of Iran who said uh, uh, Europe has shot itself in the foot <laughs> by doing this and there will be and Iran will be taking reciprocal action yes
1: like I, they, they would sa- sanction Yeah, I don't know what that means. be <laughs> they're going to put
0: Sweden on the terrorist list <laughs> <laughs> what are they going to you know I mean it's you don't want to laugh at these people because they're yes, they're they you know murderers but yes. but still it's it's so bizarre yeah. it's kind of like okay take reciprocal action you know uh, but it also was it was interesting to me that uh, you know uh, as much as they protest oh you know uh um, this is a Western, I don't know, uh, yes. fueled revolt and everything. You could tell the Iranian regime cares. I mean, why even make a statement mm. condemning this? Yes. You know, uh, the supreme leader is condemning it, and everything. Uh, so they're noticing, and yes. and uh, it can have repercussions. Again, uh, I would say, in the, you know, in the pantheon and the in the in the spectrum of this revolution not being. You know, happening overnight and happening over mm-hmm. a course of weeks and months, et cetera. And there's um, little moments where there's dips and valleys, and then yeah. there's little peaks and things happen. This, this is a this is a day where something happened on yes. the international stage, and there's some significant people behind this.
1: Yeah, and also it shows that when. Every time that we are united, something happens. You know, like uh, I just saw that IRGC terrorists hashtag IR- IRGC terrorists reached like over eleven million. Wow. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So And also the people they went to Strasbourg to. Yes. You know, they took action. Yes. So there is some. Reaction. There were some. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. It, yeah. And
0: and the the vote was so completely lopsided. Yes. By the way, you the, there's a Swedish fellow. Uh-huh. That you're a fan of, right?
1: Al-Razak Khundi. Yeah. Yes, he's
0: yes. the guy who sort of initiated yes, this. Yes. Yes. Uh, he's a uh, um, uh, he's a member of parliament in Sweden.
1: Yes, it? and also uh, yeah, it was a very good call from him that he 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 said that uh, gather in front of Strasbourg. And, That's right. Yeah. So and we, today
0: he issued a statement saying this is for Nikah and Sarinan and yes, yes. we will continue and yeah. and it's your feeling that uh, Ali Razak Khundi could be one of the one of those. He's one of those diaspora leaders of exactly. the of the Iranian yeah, exactly. uh, movement.
1: Yeah, exactly. And hopefully he can whitewash the name of Akhund. because <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's right. That's that's right. Is that weird that that's his name? Yeah, al Achundi. Yeah. Does that
0: Does that mean that he comes from a family that? No, uh, no, no. no, It's just it's, it was a word. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. <laughs> Well, yes. I mean, speaking of coalition or opposition leaders, yes. the other big news, I guess, in the last few days, uh, and this is just happening right now, so it's hard to, hard to, hard to say exactly where it's going, but this, this is r- with respect to Reza Pahlavi. Oh, yeah. And so, now, I- again, if you're not absorbed in social media, you may not know this is happening, but there's been this kind of, uh, I want to say kind of a, um organic like movement that's sprung up to um endorse and support reza Pahlavi uh, over the last couple of days uh, amongst different places and people of the diaspora as far as i can tell here's here's the chronology of what happened mm-hmm. um i mean he's been doing a bunch of interviews he's been speaking out he's been doing his thing he um a couple of people who started this petition or this movement to endorse him uh, cited an interview that he did on Manitoba TV uh, about three or four days ago. Um, what did he say in the interview? I went and watched it. He said there's... Um, Basically, there's no way to come back from four four months ago. There's no way the regime is going to return to what it was. Uh, We should find the best way of transition of power after the collapse Mm -hmm. of this regime. Uh, We should create a safe situation where people of Iran are able to make a decision for the future, like a referendum. Um, And we need someone or something to organize the movement inside of Iran. But in the current situation, it's too difficult for them to do it inside. So we need a system to do it outside outside. Uh, to, say, organize the protests inside of Iran, to talk to leaders of different countries and ask them to support the uprising. Uh, he talked about territorial integrity. He said the people inside of Iran have to choose their representative outside of Iran. So, apparently, with this interview as the backdrop, mm-hmm. there has been a new campaign to endorse Reza Pahlavi mm-hmm. as the representative of Iranians to lead them through this period of change in Iran. Now, that in itself may not mean too much. There are a number of people from um, the diaspora and within Iran mm-hmm. um, figures who become very very popular right now and and who have large followings who probably would have a lot of people saying I'll endorse this person etc. Yes. Um, so that is the case that exists out there and also I should mention that um there's a lot of people who are opposing this campaign or yes. uh, a lot of people who are saying no I'm not with uh, um yeah. Reza Pahlavi yeah. or I don't necessarily I'm not there or I'm not comfortable or whatever so it's not it's not unanimous uh, yes. by any means yes. but the volume of those um, supporting, endorsing Reza Pahlavi in the hundreds of thousands, and the nature of who it is mm-hmm. that um, some of the figures who have um, jumped into this to endorse Reza Pahlavi uh, is what makes this seemingly quite important. Mm-hmm. Ali Karimi, yeah, who, as I was saying about three or four weeks ago, is probably the most popular person in Iran. I mean, he's a he's an icon. He's yeah. you know he's beloved. Uh, the great footballer. Um, he came out and said, I endorse Mm -hmm. Reza Mm Pahlavi," And there are a number of, I'd say, major figures from different parts of the diaspora who've now done so, and then a bunch of other people. I want to say some of them are the you know we might say quote unquote usual suspects like yes. folks that we've known have been monarchists in LA for a long time nothing wrong with you know that but the, but yeah. just it wasn't the surprise that they're endorsing uh Reza Pahlavi but but the the breadth of it and the so to me that there's there's four takeaways from this one I think it shows look I mean we uh all I can talk about is from our personal experience we did a a Shaw series mm-hmm. uh, here on Rook, like a three part series and we got a lot of reaction to that and it was always split down the middle. Like yeah. there's always like uh, a bunch of people going, oh my god, I can't wait for the, you know, the Pat Levy, that, those were the days, let's bring them back. And then there's a bunch of people saying, never again, I'm not a supporter, yeah. etc." So we know there's different views out there. Um, but I would say, and I, and I mentioned this on a couple of other shows that we've done recently, I think Reza Pahlavi has acquitted himself very well in the in the, in the last few months. Like mm-hmm. I, no one can sort of look at what he's done and gone. He's you know somehow acted irresponsibly or um, in a way that doesn't represent the people. Or I, you know, I mean, he's been this kind of um, supportive. You know, he's he's declared that he doesn't want the leadership, and he's played this supportive role of kind of mm-hmm. wanting to you know um, help and be there. And and I think from what I can tell and from what I'm hearing from people who weren't necessarily fans of his before, you know, yeah. they're, they think he's done He's doing pretty well. You know, it's, okay, this guy that we've kind of known of our whole lives, here's the situation, here's the crisis, here's the mm-hmm, mm-hmm. here's the m- moment or whatever and he's acquitting himself very well. Um, two, the fact that, that by all accounts this has been entirely organic and not planned mm-hmm. is very significant. It's, it's one of these things where, each week of this, this uprising, this revolution, we something. There's a twist and a turn, and we don't know where it's going. Who could have anticipated this? Yes. So all of a sudden, now social media is full of a debate about whether Reza Halabi <laughs> should be the leader or not. Yeah. I'm not even sure if he or his people around him would have wanted this th- the debate, yeah. but but it's 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 happened, and there's a lot of people really enthusiastically signing on, um, and I think that that leads to the my third sort of thought on this, which is that this has provided a venue for those who want momentum and who want to declare themselves for Reza Pallavi. In other words, there's a lot of people out there who really do support him and who want this and haven't had a way to kind of, an official way. Yeah. You know, okay, here's a petition. I can sign on and mm-hmm. say, this is what I want. And, mm-hmm. um, and I guess the fourth thought I have is that it shows that there's major support for the Pahlavis, widespread international nature. Those who've been saying there is that support have not been wrong. It's impossible to tell for sure how deep that is, how far that goes. Is this petition going to go into the millions? Is this this the turning point where everyone coalesces around him? Or is this just a little fanciful moment for some? It's really hard to tell. And, And, all of this said it's not sure what it all means and what we're going to find out in the coming days um, and it really is the Iranian street that is important is like in other words the people inside Iran mm-hmm. what is it that they want who is it that yeah. is going to resonate for them what is it yeah. I mean it's it we've said this a gazillion times and yes. I think there's no one who disagrees with this it doesn't matter what you know um, Muhammad in, in Calgary and uh, and Sara in L.A. think it's the people inside Iran. Yes. Um, but that said, Ali Karimi is a big part of that, and he's endorsing, you yeah. know, uh, Reza Pahlavi. So it's it's going to be interesting to yeah. see how it plays out. But
1: it's certainly something that's been notable for the last few yeah. days. For me, actually, more significant than Ali Karimi was the Mm. That he was. Why was that more significant for you? Because I see a lot of musicians, he, he you know, was, he like Baba
0: Kamini and R. Sobani. He was
1: in jail during Pahlavi mm. era, so and he's like he's nothing pro monarchy. So, but now he's saying that I think uh, Reza Pahlavi is good for this uh, transition. Well, uh, you know, if I may say, I appreciate any. T- any kind of conversation but I don't appreciate any division in this moment and unfortunately I saw some division based on this topic in the social media mm-hmm. and people starting, attacking each other yeah they, mm. they don't they don't uh, talk to each other they yeah. attack each other so I really don't appreciate that attitude especially in this uh, uh, period of I feel like that's happening with
0: it breaks my heart, but it's happening with every single person who's sort of, you know, anybody who becomes prominent. Yes. You yeah, know, I that, mean, Ahmed, yeah. Massey, that they're happens, all getting yeah. like, you know, hit from all sides and then they have their lovers and I mean, it's yeah. it's really kind of heartbreaking because yeah. uh, um, I think all of these people are, you yeah, know, so really yeah. trying to do something uh, right, positive. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so anyway, I mean, this is, it is what it is. It's... Yes. it is. Like I say, it's impossible to tell mm-hmm. if two days in social media <laughs> yeah. means means the, the, the beginning of something much bigger or if it's if it's just sort of a, a moment where a bunch of people want to say, hey, listen, I think this is the guy I, mm-hmm. I want. Or, But um, it's very interesting, yeah. very interesting. Yep, yep. Um, so with that said, I mean, the, the European Parliament thing being positive news, the Reza Pahlavi uh, endorsement momentum being um, certainly interesting news, there's always sad news as well, and I thought before we get to our guests, I should mention. Um, in other words, we'd be remiss if we didn't mention that today mm-hmm. there is word of another massacre happening in Zahedan. Oh yes. yes, this is um, this is the southwest in sorry, not the southwest, southeast of Iran. Yes, where I suppose along with Kurdistan, this has been one of the places where people have been the most active in terms of regularly getting out and, and demonstrating mm-hmm. against the regime mm-hmm. and you know the IRGC has shown no reprieve no. in killing yeah. Baluch people in uh, and this would be in the, in the southeast of Iran in Zahedan there's been a complete internet blackout oh completely yeah. 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 yeah so and again to catch people up I mean Iranians who've gotten used to this know what that means that's what that's um, what that's symbolic of, but I mean, we saw this. I guess first, most profoundly in Aban, mm-hmm. where shut down the internet, do whatever the fuck you want to people, mm-hmm. then turn the internet back on mm-hmm. when it's too late to show what's what's going on. And yeah. and so it's very very concerning and scary what may be happening in Zahidan right now. We know we know it's not good. We know it's probably massive. Mm-hmm. We know it's been place that people have been particularly beaten up upon uh, and murdered by this regime mm-hmm. and um,
1: yeah, as and as you said like we are happy for let's say EU Parliament we are like that's right that's but, right but it doesn't stop uh, the regime uh,
0: and, and it's worth saying again too unfortunately and partly because we don't have the internet there because mm-hmm. there aren't major news organizations in Zahadan all of that covering this unfortunately when it's happening there we don't hear that much about it yeah, yeah like we hear we see a tweet or we hear something there's another massacre and Zion on. Mm. but
1: uh,
0: yeah. yeah you know, somebody getting arrested on the street in tehran is going to get a lot more attention than this yes. you know yeah uh, and so th- those in the regions are have the double whammy of being yeah. um attacked fiercely by the regime but also mm. not not seeing these atrocities be exposed mm-hmm. as often or as yeah. properly as they should yeah, yeah. be. All right. Well, there's. Uh, let's get to our interviews. That's a, a little little taste of what's going on, um, and we'll come back with a full r- roundtable on Monday. Shirin Amoni Azari coming up in about forty-five minutes. The award-winning psychotherapist who's been dealing with victims of torture and imprisonment by this regime in the the last four months. Uh, Sheeran has been doing this remotely from London. She will join me from England, but let's get to our first guest, And my first guest today is an Iranian poet, painter, and social activist, best known for her politically charged public orations during the aftermath of that atrocious 2009 presidential election in Iran. Her voice became nationally known as the voice of a courageous young female poet calling out the regime during the height of the Green Movement, Hila Sediri was born in Tehran. She began writing poetry at an early age and was elected as the youngest chief editor for City of Children magazine at the age 14. In 2002 she established the Neistan Cultural Literary Association becoming the youngest secretary of the National Association and holding regular poetry meetings until 2009. During those same years she studied law in Tehran and began her work as an activist. In 2006, Hila joined the Baran Foundation and began and reciting poetry at public gatherings organized by the Green Movement, for which she became publicly and popularly known, Hila was then arrested and interrogated for months. In 2011, she was tried in absentia during the brutal crackdown that followed and sentenced to four months in prison to be served with a five-year period. In 2012, Hila immigrated to the UAE and started living between Dubai and Tehran. In the same year, she was awarded the Hellman Hammett Prize by Human Rights Watch for her work. In 2016, Hila Sadiri was arrested again at the Imam Khomeini airport as she wanted to return to Iran. Despite the dangers of doing so, Hila has continued to be very outspoken and has been outspoken since the latest uprising in Iran began in September. She is advocating for regime change in Iran and agreed to do a one-on-one in-person interview six days ago in the Middle East. She was candid, fearless in wanting to address, in particular, the plight of political prisoners at the hands of this regime during the current crackdown. And once again, while Gila understands English and I ask my questions in English, you'll hear she preferred to mostly answer in Persian. If you do not understand Persian, we will post a video version of this interview with Gila on YouTube with subtitles in the coming days. But uh, for those of you sticking through this right now, this is my interview with Hila Sadiqi. Hila Jan Salaam. Salam. It's nice to see you in person in the Middle East. Um, thank you for doing this.
2: Nice to see you too.
0: Uh, you're not inside Iran right now. You're here in, in somewhere else in the Middle East. And um, I wonder if with all that's gone on, I wanted to start by asking whether you feel somehow some discomfort that you're not in Iran, that you're not somehow on the front line, somehow participating in a direct, active way inside Iran in this revolution?
2: Yes, it's very difficult times. I want to stay there for many days, many hours. I think that my soul is not in my body. And this feeling is also visible from outside. هر کسی منو از بیرون هم میدید متوجه میشد که من بدنم رو از این ور با اون ور میکشم ولی روحم و ذهنم تو اخباره و یک چیزایی رو میبینم دوباره داره تکرار میشه شاید با شکل جدید خودش با نسل جدید خودش با شعارهای جدید خودش ولی خیلی آش برای من در واقع یادآور خیلی از لحظه هایی بود که قبلا تجربهش کرده بودم نمیدونم اگر که واقعا الان داخل ایران بودم به درد میخوردم اصلا یا نه ولی این این یک درواقع مجادله درونیه که آدم با خودش داره و فکر میکنه تو این شایط که کجای دنیا باشه بیشتر به درد میخوره. اگر مثلا کف خیابون بودم یه نفر اون وسط بودم چه میدونم اگر دستگیر میشدم اگه تیر میخوردم اگه کشته میشدم اگر مثل کسی که یه چششون رو از دست دادم یه چشممو از دست داده بودم یا وای اگه جای دیگه ای دنیا می بودم که اونجا بتونم برم جلوی در پارلمان ها سفارت ها با آدماش بتونم صحبت کنم فشاری بیارم یه جایی از تاریخ و یک جایی از جهانم که سعی کردم که در واقع اون کاری که خودم رو آروم میکنه انجام بدم ولی کنم که همه ما هر جایی که هستیم
0: it's interesting when you reference um, the past, or the recent past, the last 20 years and your own activism in Iran. There are people who see this last few months as very different from what happens before, what happened 10 years ago, 5 years ago, 20 years ago. Um, and there are those and i think you're one of them who see this as a continuum you see this what's happening now in iran albeit something we're calling a revolution which we didn't call Aban or the green movement but you see it as part of a continuum from those student protests in 1999 to the green movement to Aban to Flight 752, tell me about that. Tell me how you draw the line between 20 years ago to
2: what's happening today in Iran. <sighs> کوی دانشگاه زمانی اتفاق افتاده که بعد از درواقع ماجرای دوم خرداد بوده بعد از این بوده که توی جامعه درواقع شاید جوانان اون نسل یک بذر امیدی توی وجودشون ایجاد شده و فکر کردن که میتونن از مسیری درواقع راه خروجی پیدا بکنن یک پنجره ای روی اون سلول تاریکی که داشتن توش زندگی میکردن فکر میکردن داره ساخته میشه این پنجره واز میشه یک روزی و میتونن ازش پرواز کنن بیان بیرون. ولی اون دانشجوهایی که کوی دانشگاه رو تجربه کردن اون خوابگاه بودن خب فهمیدن که شاید رو این دیوار نشه یک پنجره رو نقاشی کرد یا یک پنجره رو برید و آروم آروم خیلی از اون مسیر اومدن بیرون ولی شاید چون اونها هم نتونستن مسیر روشن دیگه ای رو پیدا کنن و به هم نسلان خودشون نشون بدن که یک جای دیگه روی دیوار دیگه ای میشه پنجره کن بقیه سر کردن اون مسیر رو ادامه بدن اون مسیر رو ادامه دادن تا ماجرای جنبش سبز سال 88 و, و اون در واقع یک رویا روی تلخی بود با یک واقعیت که خب این مسیر میتونه موانعی داشته باشه و میتونه اشکالاتی توش بیش بیاد که قبلا در موردش فکر نکرده بودن و توی این سالا ها من فکر می کنم نسل های مختلف حالا به درست یا به غلط، به سراب یا به نور مسیری رو فکر می کردن مسیری رو که فکر می کردن برایشون در واقع راه روشنایی دارن رو پیش گرفتن و رفتن و تو این سال ها توی هر ایسکا یک جمعیتی از اون قطار پیاده شدن و نظرشون این بود که این قطار مسیرش به در نه به اونجایی که شما فکر می و همه با هم این مسیر رو اومدیم بعد از جنبه سبس، در واقع آبان 98 دی ۱۹۶، همه اون اتفاقات رو تجربه کردیم. من فکر کنم یک وقتهایی بین اون جمعیت، یک نمادهایی، یک اتفاقاتی میافته که انگار یک کده انگار یک نشونه است که ما دوباره به هم رسیدیم. من فکر میکنم نشونه این بار انتخابات اخیر ریاست جمهوری بود که خب جریانی که به عنوان جریان حالا چپ، رفرمیست، اصلاح طلب، هر که اسمشون رو بخواید بذارین، اون جریان همیشه با یک حضور 22 میلیونی، 24 میلیونی، 20 میلیونی سعی می‌کردن با همدیگه همراه بشن. ولی تو آخرین انتخابات و که این جریان در واقع کاندیداش یک آقایی بود به اسم آقای و یک جمعیت کمی فکر میکنم، 2 میلیون تو انتخابات شرکت کردن. How much do you um, when you look
0: back at something like the green movement, which you were, I mean you were one of the faces, one of the icons of the green movement, this young woman who came out with this poetry with these speeches and and was known, uh, how hard are you on yourself? How hard are you on all of us for not being um, more militant than somehow? Uh, do you do you feel like you? Do you feel like we were naive? Do you feel like we were you were foolish to think that um, reform was possible? Uh, hope-
2: این 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 زمزمه های درونی رو قطعا با خودمون داریم یعنی این اینو به صورت درونی آره خب خیلی وقتا از دست خودم ناراحت میشم و میدونم خیلی از با خودشون این مشکل رو دارن خب خیلی چیزا رو مرور میکنم و فکر میکنم که ای ای اینجا مثلا اشتباه کردیم اینجا گول خوردیم اینجا یه جور دیگه فکر میکردیم ولی ای اینا به نظر یه ذره درونیه چون که وقتی یه سری چیزایی رو قرار با صدای بلند بگیم یعنی در واقع از ما خواسته میشه با زور با توهین با تهدید با میدونی با با تهمت با با اینکه تو رو وصلت کنند به هزار جا و بعد بعد میگن که باید بیای مثلا عذرخواهی کنی باید بیای بگی اشتباه کردم یا همه این اعتراف گیری های به زور منو و فکر می خیلی از ما ها رو به این فکر میندازه که نه ما نباید وارد در واقع یک مسیری بشیم که اونها میخوان ایجاد کنن مسیر سرخوردگی مسیری که احساس شکست توشه ما نباید احساس شکست بکنیم نباید احساس کنیم که سرخورده و سرکوب شدیم اگر که اگر چه که خب خیلی وقتها ممکنه این اتفاق درونی با خودم بیفته و مهمترین مهمترینش اینه که نسبت به بچهای این نسل احساس بدی دارم احساس کنم یک چیزی رو بهشون بدهکارم. کارم ن... نسبت به گذشته این احساسو ندارم چون فهم می کنم که سال 88 و سال های بعد از اون ما سعی کردیم بهترین کاری که میش بکنیم تو اون سالها هم توی خیابون بودیم تو اون سالها ما هم تو تهدید بودیم تو خطر بودیم خیلی از همراهان ما کشته شدن خیلی از همراهان ما تو کهریزک زک بودن منم میتونستم جای اونا باشم ممکن بود به جای نداونتی رو من میخوردم. ممکن بود به جای سهراب من توی زندان کشته می شدم. من 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 منها من نه من من <تصفح> من الهی من منهایی که اون روزها توی خو... تو اون خیابونا بودیم ما اون موقع سعی کردیم که بهترین خودمون باشیم ولی به هر دلیلی که نشد ادامه پیدا کنه و هر دلیلی که جریان در واقع حالا اسمش رو میذاری سایبری یا اون جریانی که تونست مدتی با شکافی که ایجاد میکنه ما رو یک کم در ظاهر منفعل بکنه که باز هم باور ندارم به انفعال کامل رسیدیم این زمان طولانی شد مدت دار شد و به این نصر رسید این این منو اذیت میکنه اما واقعیتش اینه که ما باید باور کنیم که تو چه مسیری بودیم، ما مسیر آبادی سعی کردیم قدم برداری نه شخصی. ما هیچ وقت به این فکر نکردیم که بریم یک جایی که موقعیت شغلی موقعیت مالییت موقعیت هر of برایمون ایجاد کنه و درواقع شرافتمون رو زیر پا بذارییم به این خاطر یک احساس نسبت به How does, How does this time؟
0: I mean, it's a continuum, that, that train, it's, uh-huh. it's the same train for the last 20 years. But with that said, how does this, this time feel
2: different for you? Well, first of فعالیت اجتماعی من اسمشو می‌ذارم می‌کردم اینقدر آدم بیسانسوری نبودم، من بی ترین لحظات زندگیم وقتی بوده که پشت تریبون داشتم شعر می‌خوندم، شعرهای من همه بی‌سانسور بودن ولی هر وقت که قرار بوده حرف بزنم، جایی برم، کاری بکنم یه داره حافظ میگه تو خود هجاب خودی، حافظ از میان برخیز ما خودمون حجاب خودمون بودیم به این خاطر که فکر می‌کردیم مصلحت اینه دیدی این روزا یه وقتایی میخواد راجب یک چیزهای حرف بزنی مثلا بگی که توی زندان دارن با خانومها با دخترها مثلا شکنجه جنسی میکنن یا مثلا توی خیابون این طور زدن این کار کردن بعد یه عده میان میگن که سیاه نمایی نکنین ترسیجات نکنین این حرفا وحشت ایجاد میکنه اونایی که این حرفا میزنن شاید دلشون بخواد ترس نشه و انقلاب تو مسیر درستش بره می‌دونی ولی من همیشه فکر میکنم که این همون مسیر دوباره حجاب ایجاد کردن و سانسور ایجاد کردنه ما همون سالها اینطور فکر میکردیم فکر میکردیم که خب ما همون موقع میدونستیم مطالباتمون چیه ما همون موقع میدونستیم که به یک آزادی کامل می‌خوایم برسیم مثل مثل کشورهای دیگه جهان که در واقع رنسانسشون رو گذر کردن ازش و به آزادی رسیدن ولی مصلحت اندیشی جمعی اون زمان این بود که ما باید در واقع قدم به قدم این موانع رو برداریم، اصلاحات، مسیر آرومیه، مسیر مسالمت آمیزیه. ما باید در نظر بگیریم جامعه سنتی ایران رو، ما باید جامعه مذهبی ایران رو در نظر بگیریم، ما باید نصایح گذشته، خانوادهایی نمی‌دونم این، اون همه‌ی اون و این مصلحت‌ها و مصلحت اندیشی‌ها همیشه در ما یک خودم نبودن خاصی رو داشته و این نسل دهه 80. تکلیف همه ما رو با همه نسل ها مشخص کرده من چند روز پیش با یکی از دوستام ملاقات داشتم که به مدت یک هفته توی بازداشت بوده توی خیابون رفته بود همین دو سه ماه پیش برای اعتراضات رفته بود و دستگیر شده بود این جوان که متولد در واقع همون سال‌های اول انقلابه اسمش روح اللهه یعنی در واقع از یک خانواده اومده و پدرش اونقدر معتقد بوده به انقلاب و اونقدر انقلابی بوده که اسم پسرش رو گذاشته روحالله <تصفيق> میخوام بگم که تنها الله اعدام شده روحالله زم نیست ما روحالله های زیادی داریم که امروز تو خیابونن و تو زندانن پدرهاشون اونقدر باور داشتن و الان بچه هاشون این اتفاق براشون میافته من از نزدیک دیدمش اکساشو به هم نشون داد تمام تنش سیاه و کبود بود از کتک هایی که ساعت اول بعد از بازداش خورده بود و اونقدر سیاه بود که رد باتون رو, رو روی تنش پیدا نمی کردی چون جای باتون بعد رو بدن بمونه ولی yeah. این جاش نمونده بود سختگی های بر اثر شکر رو تنش بود و, و همه همه آزارهایی که دیده بود و میدونی یک جمله به من گفت گفت اگر همه این اتفاقات برای من افتاد که پدر من وقتی میاد منو از زندان در بیاره Wow.
0: As someone who's been um, very actively involved in wanting change and speaking out, famously so, um, in recent years with respect to Iran, tell, tell me how you've been feeling the last few months. I mean, have you been somehow exhilarated? Are you filled with hope, with Omid? Do you think this is something that you've dreamed of happening? Or have you been filled with heartbreak at seeing um, all the atrocities that have taken place as people try to rise up and create that change?
2: I two on this One is که آره اه اه شبیه اینه که من میگم یه کشتی بزرگی که وسط یک اقیانوسه اگر تو کفش چند تا سراخ خیلی بزرگ ایجاد بشه و آب بیاد تو کشتی دیگه نمیتونی مانع غرق شدن اون کشتی بشی ماجرای در واقع انقلابی که داره تو ایران اتفاق میفته شبیه اون کشتی است و این اتفاق می افته. شاید بتونی یه مدتی یه بذاری چهار تا آدم بذاری لابلای اون هف را آب دیرتر بیاد تو ولی آب اومده تو و, و این در واقع این اتفاق میره. می جریان خودش میره. و حتما ما تو سالگی سالگیمون تو سالگی سالگیمون تو سالگی سالگیمون همه ما آرزو داشتیم که شرایط کشورمون قانون کشورمون شبیه کشور مدرن بود و تو وضعیت آزادتری زندگی میکردیم یعنی این رؤیای آزادی رو بچگی با خودمون داشتیم حتی اگر تو مسیری داشتیم قدم برمی داشتیم که فکر میکردیم که اون آزادی رو قرار نیست نسل خودمون تجربه بکنه یعنی یک مسیر کند و آروم و مسالمت ها که قرار به نسلهای بعدیمون منتقل بشه و الان که این اتفاق افتاده الان که شعارها انقدر شعارهای در واقع مدرن و خوبه آره اون امیده در من ایجاد شده ولی یه بخشیش هم هست خب من الان نزدیک پنج سال ساله که ایران نرفتم نبودم ایران و خیلی از در واقع اون سانسور هایی که بهت گفتم خود سانسوری هایی که بهت گفتم واسه این بوده که دلم نمیخواسته هیچ وقت تبید از ایران باشم یعنی دلم میخواسته که بتونم یعنی این بزرگتری خواسته من آرزوی منه که ایران رو داشته باشم مثل،, مثل هر ایرانی دیگه ای من حتی فرزند اولم و پسرم و رفتم ایران زاییدم یعنی تو ماه نهام بارداریم سفر کردم رفتم ایران اونجا زایمان کنم حالا به هر دلیلی که دیگران معتقدن تصمیم ای بوده ولی من این کار کردم و زمان بچه دوم نمیتونستم این کار رو بکنم این در واقع محروم بودن از ایران اون غم همیشه همراه با من بود و همیشه این رویا که به زودی, به زودی میرم و تصور میکردم از پله های فروتگاه پلهای پله برقیه بعد از رد شدن از گیت در واقع پاسپورت واردش میشم رو کیا رو اول میبینم آیا کسایی هستن که خوشحال بیان به استقبالم از خانواده از دوستان همیشه به این چیزا فکر کردم کی استقبالم میاد کی خوشحال میشه اصلا کسی هست اون روزشون همه, همه مهاجرت کردن تو ساله اخیر دور برای من کسی هم زیاد نمونده اونجا. ولی اتفاق عجیبی در من افتاد تو این چند ماه اون هم این بود که فکر کردم بعد از این انقلاب اگر که همه چیز آزاد بشه نمیتونم برگردم میرن
0: نمیتونی برگردن چرا؟
2: چون نمیتونم این آرزو رو به قیمتی به دست بیارم که امسال نیکاتوش توش کشته شدن امسال حدیث و توش کشته شده. و این روز به روز داره آزار دهنده تر میشه برام. اینکه اینکه رویای این آزادی داره به این قیمت اتفاق میفته، تبدیل به یک رنج درونی داره در من میشه. و و آره فکر می کنم که بدم میاد از اون قدمی که قراره بعدم با خوشحالی وارد اون اونجا بکنم و فکر می کنم اینو از خودم دورش کنم.
0: supposed to understand the um, process the uh, brutality, uh, the violence of this regime in the sense that on one level it shouldn't be unexpected. It's not like there haven't been executions in the past, it's not like there hasn't been torture in the past, it's, it's not like there haven't been uh, unjust uh, arrests and, and sham trials and all of this stuff. Um, on the other hand, the execution of kids for protesting um, while the eyes of the world are, are on Iran is even by the standards of this regime uh, you know, it's, it's, it's scary, brutal. Have you been surprised by the level of crackdown, by the level of violence?
2: Yes, I was surprised. که بخشش رو سورپرایز شدم خیلی احمقانه است یعنی باید باید آدم بشناسه که کجاست و در چه شرایطیه ولی ببین آدم ها برای من اینطوری بودن من همیشه همیشه تو سالهای قبل قبلام وقتی راجب شرایط خودم راجب بگیر رو به بندایی که خودم تجربه کردم یا زندانایی که من دیدم از نزدیک و آدمایی که دیدم همیشه گفتم که تو نقطه هایی که فکرشو رو می‌کنی مثلا چه تو زندان اوین تو دادگاه اوین تو دادسرای اوین تو دادگاه انقلاب تو هر جایی همون جاهایی که ما معتقدیم خیلی جای سیاهیه. همون همونجا ممکنه با کارمندای مواجه بشی که اتفاقاً خیلی هم نگاه انسانی به ماجرا میکنن و اون لحظه دلشون میخواد بهت کمکی بکنن یا اصلاً اونها مثلا همون بچه‌هایی که میگم روح هایی که دوست پدرشون با واقعیت مواجه بشه آدم‌هایی هستن که تصور دیگه ای دارن آرمان هایی دارن و باورشون نمیشه که مثلا با نگاه مذهبی سنتی خودشون باورشون نمیشه که توی این دولت در واقع دینی تو این حکومت دینی و یک داره اتفاق میفته و اگر احساس کنن که داره ظلمی میشه دلشون میخواد یه کاری بکنه من،, من همه جای همچین آدم هایی دیدم حتی اگر نسبتشون هشت به دو بوده یعنی مثلا از هر ده نفر هشتشون سیاه بودن و دو نفرشون مثلا. الان فکر میکنم که این اخباری که میشنوم اتفاقایی که مثلا راجب آرمیت ها و امثال اینا میفته که به این شدت اینها شکنجه و شکنجه های جنسی میشن فکر میکنم که یعنی تو کل اون جمع، تو کل اون ده نفر، پونزده نفر، 20 نفر تو اون زندان یعنی یک انسان نیست و خب نه الان, الان تعریف برام مشخصه الان میفهمم اونهایی که در واقع اون اساتید معنوی که تو تمام این سالها سعی کردن که بگن جهان به سمتی میره که روحای سیاه و روحای سفید در مقابل هم قرار میگیرن و روحای سیاه شانسی برای سفید شدن ندارن و اونها سیاهی مطلقا نور درونشون نفوز نمیکنه امروز برای این باورم که جا در واقع این اتفاق تو کشور ما هم داره به این سمت میره ما با در واقع اجسامی مواجهیم با این این یه سری از این سربازها و مامورانی که اینا تو خیابون گذاشتن که اینا مسئول کتک زدن و باتوم زدنن و اکثرا دارن حالا یا مواد مصرف میکنن یا قرصای میخورن که یه مقدار حواستشون هم از کاری که دارن میکنن پرت بشه و تو حالت عادی نیستن اینها اجسامن در واقع که روح سیاهی توشون دمیده شده و <laughs> 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 right. I mean, that's a good segue into what I've,
0: what I've wanted to most talk to you about, and what you and I have talked a little bit in the lead-up to this interview about, um, which is the level of suppression with respect to detention, arrest, and psychological torture that's happening in Iran right now is something that needs a fair bit of attention. There's been a lot of attention placed on the executions, correctly so, rightly so. We need to, to know about and, and I feel like the eyes of the world um, Dorosteke, we keep saying, like, where is the media? Where is the world? Come on, international community. But there has been some awareness that these executions have been taking place in Iran. Uh, there feels like a, a danger to me, and it's a strange thing to say because we don't want, I don't wish there to be more executions, obviously. But there's a danger in the, um, the next, jumping from that to say, if the executions don't happen, then it's a victory, then things are okay somehow. Because at the same time, there's these 20,000 or more uh, arrests that have taken place. And you have a fair bit of experience, both personally and in terms of understanding what's going on, to know that those arrests and what is happening to those people who are arrested is, it may not be execution, but it could come pretty close in terms of the effects that it's having. So talk to me about that. Talk to me about your concerns about the people who are getting arrested in Iran right
2: now. First of all, the people who are dying, who are are dying, have different levels <laughs> in Iran. They have different First of all, important that they are dying are their are خب بچه هایی که تو خیابون دستگیر میشن مامورای همون همون آدمای تو خیابون دارن دستگیرشون میکنن شرایط بدتری دارن قبل از قبل از که به بازداشتگاه منتقل بشن ظاهرا حالا توی یه سری حالا یا خونه امن دارن که چند ساعتی اونجان بعد توی مینی بوس و اتوبوس مثلا یکی تعریف میکرد میگفت که ما رو شب تا صبح توی یه خونه امنی نگه داشتن که اون شرایط بدی که بهشون گذشته بود در که خورده بودن رو تو اون چند ساعت اون خونه امن خورده بودن و بعد می گفت به همون حالت تیشرت رو روی سرمون کشیدن دستامون از پشت بستن و توی یه مینیبوس کوچیکی که تو اون مینیبوس هیچ سندلی نبود 120 نفر رو روی هم ریختن و می گفت من توی یک لبلی من زیر افتاده بودم و فکر میکنم که روی من همینجوری آدم میومد 1520 نفر رو با هم دیگه توی درواقع مینی بوس جا بدن و می گفت این پنج دقیقه که ما تو مسیر بودیم تا به زندان برسیم بعد از 5 دقیقه صدای ناله همه قطع شد چون دیگه جون نداشتن ناله کنن گرم بود پنجره ها بسته بود همه چیز افتضاح بود و پاهای من کاملا بیهست شد و فکر کردم که میمیرم به زودی و وقتی که ما رو میخواستن از مینی بوس پیاده کنن دیگه پاهای من در واقع دو تا دو تیکه گوشت بی احساس بود و منو رو روی زمین کشیدن و بردن بعد ازش پرسیدم شرایط زندان چه بود من قبلا هم گفتم گفتم من تجربه مثلا زندان آگاهی شاپور رو دارم که خب خود زندان اونجا شبیه این مینی بوسه حالا نه اینطوری که روح هم ولی هیچ شرایط انسانی نداره هیچ کف پوشی هیچ نوری زندانبان ها آدم های وحشیان همه چیز به شدت اونجا خوفناکه ولی اون میگفت نه وقتی که وارد زندان شدیم اون چند روزی که داخل زندان بودیم رفتم روی فرش نشستم و مثلا شرایط زندانی که برام تعریف میکشه حتی زندانی بهتر از مثلا اون چیزی بود که من فکر میکردم ولی همون موقع ها همون سال 88 هم کسی که میرفت کهریزک یه سرنوشت دیگه‌ای داشت کسی که میرفت اوین سرنوشت دیگه‌ای پس اولین چیزی که باش مواجهیم اینه که آدم‌ها بعد از دستگیری اصلا به کدوم زندان و به کدوم بازداشتگاه برده میشن و سرنوشتشون متفاوته. دوم این موضوع اینه که همه خانواده ها بعد از دستگیری بچه هاشون میترسن از خبری کردن ماجرا yeah. و این یه چیز خیلی طبیعیه یعنی حتی برای منی که شاید خانوادن بارها با این صحنه مواجه شدن که در جاهای مختلف به روش های مختلف حالا چه به صورت چند ساعت چه به صورت طولانی تاب‌آز شده‌ام همیشه مثلا ممکنه ساعتهای اول این استرسو داشته باشن که با چه واکنشی بدنشون بدن خبری بکنن یا نکنن و خب این فشار هم بهشون هست که اگر خبری بکنن به حال باهاشون برخورد تندتری میشه خود من که تجربه در واقع زندان شاپور رو دارم خب شب قبلش یعنی یک شب توی بازشگاه فرودگاه امام من خمینی منو نگه داشتن اونجا یک در واقع یک سلولی دارن و همون موقع این خبرش منتشر شد که فلانی رو توی فرودگاه دستگیر کردن و فردا صبحش که منو تحویل قاضی کشی که شب دادن در واقع قاضی به خاطر اون خبری که شده بود یک جورایی میخواست حتما من تجربه آقای شاپور رو داشته باشم و می‌خواست یه جوری منو عذیت کنه یعنی اینها عصبانیت خودشون از خبری شدن ماجرا اولش نشون میدن ولی واقعیتش اینه که زندان زندانی هایی که شناخته شده ترند و راجبشون حرف زده میشه امنیتشون در بیشتره یعنی حتی همین دختر آرمیتا ما زمان نسل ما سال 88 دختری بود به اسم ترانه موسوی که بهش تجاوز شد و بعداً کشتنش و وقتی که کشته شد خبرش منتشر شد آرمیتا رو پزشکای بیمارستان خبرشو به سرعت خبرش کار کردن که دختری رو دیروز با این وضعیت زندان آوردن و این مشخصاً بهش در تجاوز شده بود و شکنجه جنسی شده بود و این دختر جون نداش و اگر که از اینو برنگردونن زندان این می میره. اگر خبر خبری کردن از سمت پزشکای اون بیمارستان اتفاق نیفتاده بود آمیتا ها مثل ترانه قطعاً می‌مرد ولی در واقع اون رو برد به این سمت که حساسیت رو نسبت بهش زیاد کرد که با همه ای فشارهایی که به خودش رو خانواده وارد میشه حداقل جونش حفظ بشه ولی اتفاقایی هستش که اونها تو این سالها یاد گرفتن و بازی رو بلدن و میدونن که تو همون لحظهی که بازداشت میکنن برنامه دارن که باید با چی کار بکنن. اگه یه بچه ای هستی که تو خیابونی و گرفتنت و بردنت بلا فاصله میبرن بلا فاصله با کتک و شکنجه و ارعاب و تهدید یه کاری میکنن که دیگه جرات نکنی ادامه بدی چون ناشناسی خبرت کار نمیشه و همین اولا باید در واقعه زهرچشما yeah. زد بگیرن هر نمو برخوردی میکنن این وسط یه سری هم تلفات داده بشه به بهحال اونا روبوحشت و ایجاد کنن و میخوان که وحشت ایجاد کنن و تو ببینی که خب یه اددارهن کشته میشن پسی که ها نرن بیرون چون این در واقع نتیجه این بیرون رفتن همین خطره ولی چهره های شناخته شده شما نگاه کنین الان چند نفری که ما میشناختیم حالا شاعر بازیگر اینایی که دستگیر شدن اینا رو میبرن انفرادی اینا رو حتی نمیبرن تو بند عمومی که از رفتن در کنار زندانیان سیاسی که توی زندان هستن تقویت روحیه بشن زندان جای بدیه قطعا جای بدیه ولی اگر که شما رو با منی یک اکتیویست توی زن اکتیویست سیاسی یا اکتیویست هنری شاعر بازیگر اگه دستگیرت کنن و ببرن تو زندانی که تو اون بند بهاره هدایت و نرگس محمدی هستن تو تقویت میشی چون با آدمهایی در واقع اون ساعت ها رو میگذرونی که سالهاست دارن مقاومت میکنن دارن مبارزه میکنن آدمهای قوی هستن ولی اول میبرن توی انفرادی و هیچ وقت نمیبرنت توی بند توی انفرادی نگهت میدارن تا از لحاظ روانی کاملا فرو بریزی من یه چیزی رو میخوام بگم یک چیزی که همه ما تجربهش میکنیم همه کسایی که دستگیر میشن و همه کسایی که بعد از این دستگیر خواهند شد و قبل از این دستگیر شدن لحظهی که میبرنت و درها رو روت میبندن هیچ کسی نمیتونه ازت حمایت کنه و تو تو اون لحظه، تو اون ساعتهایی که میدونی بیرون این در نه مادرت، نه پدرت، نه همسرت، نه خانوادت، نه وکیرت نمیدونن کجایی در نمیدونن چند روز قراره در زندان باشی قراره چه حکمی برات ببره. and this
0: is on purpose in it in Carter, they do this uh, aray, to,
2: aray. to to stabilize you, you. اصلا این واقعیت زندانه، حالا اگر جرم سیاسی باشه، اگر جرم غیر سیاسی باشه به حال قانون یه جوریه که میتونی بگی آقا من وکیل می‌خوام، من حق رو دارم، حق اون رو دارم ولی با زندانی سیاسی برخوردی میکنن که تو حتی اگه بگی من حق داشتن وکیل دارم، حق تماس دارم، کیه که اصلا؟
0: میخندن،
2: آره کیه که اصلا بگیگه حق تو چیه؟ و تو رو بردن مثلا در انفرادی و تو غیرقانونی بازداشتی دادگاه دادگاهت حالا حالا تشکیل نمیشه الان مثلا اون بچه های معروف مثل شروین مثل مونا اینایی که شاعر بودن، خواننده بودن، بازیگر بودن ماها پیش دستگیر شدن دادگاهشون کی قرار تشکیل بشه اصلا دادگاهی هنوز شکل نگرفته چون اینها یک جورهای گروگانن، یک جورهای اسیرن هر وقت میخوان میگیرنشون، میبرنشون، نگهشون میدارن. و اینا نمیدونن چند ساعت قراره تو این سلول باشن، تو این انفرادی و تو این زندان. یک کلمه براش دارم از اون لحظه یک جورهای یتیم میشی یک جورهایی دیگه کسی رو نداری ام. و با این واقعیت مواجهی که اینها قانونشون و شکلشون و برخوردشون اینطوره که وقتی گرفتیمت دیگه تو دو دست مایی و ممکنه تو انفرادی باشی ممکنه تو بنده می باشی یا هر, هر اتفاقی محمد مهدی کرمی رهنورد و خیلی هایی که تو این سالها اعدام شدن مگه پدر مادرشون تونستن جل اعدامشون رو بگیرن و اینها احتمالا تا آخرین لحظه‌ای که این تناب توی گردنشون میداختن به این فکر میکردن که حتی عزیزترین کسشون حتی اون مادری که جونش رو برات فدا میکنه نتونسته در وقت کمکت بکنه و این آدم ها از لحظه ای که از زندان آزاد میشن تا آخر عمرشون این حسیادشون میمونه که یک بار از وجود تمام از زانشون تو دنیای yeah,
0: this is what let me try and take uh, what you've just said and um, ask you a few questions about it first of all Um, You talked about the different categories and different places that people get sent and the different types of people that get arrested. There's this idea that I've been told over and over again that if you're famous, if you're well-known, you kind of have some sort of protection, like they're less likely to, first of all, arrest you. And if they do arrest you, they're less likely to, I don't know, torture you or execute you, God forbid. Uh, but we see well-known people getting arrested. Uh, is it true that if you are a well-known Iranian actor or a football player or something like that, it won't be as bad for you?
2: Look, <sighs> they در واقع جمهوری اسلامی در مقابل بازیگرها و سینماگرها بیشترین تحمل رو در مورد ترانه کرد یعنی دیرترین کسی که دستگیر کرد ترانه بود حتی یه شگردی هم داره خیلی ها رو اصلا دستگیر نمیکنه و میگه که بذار ای اینو اگر من بگیرم و زندانیش بکنم قهرمان میشه ولی اگه نگیرمش و بیرون بمونه و حرفشو بزنه خب بعد مردم خودشون بعد یه مدت به این مشکوک میشن و میگن این چجوری هرچی دلش میخواد میگه هیچ کس هم نمیگیردش و این توزه ضد قهرمان میشه یعنی نه تنها قهرمان میشه هیرو نه تنها که اینا نمیخوان که از آدم معروف از آدمی مثلا فرق ترانه با بقیه بازیگران که به سرعت میگرفتنشون یعنی اولین باری که کشف و اجاب میکردن دو روز بعد بازداشت میشدن این بود که ترانه بازیگریه که روی فرش قرمز کن و اسکار اومده و بیشترین شهرت رو یعنی تو عرصه جهانی شهرت داره خب اونو دیرتر میگیرن که در واقع باساب خبری کمتری داشته باشه ولی وقتی که میبینن اون ادامه میده این تحمل کم میشه و میگیرنش ولی میبرنش انفرادی که چون نمیخوان تقویتش بکنن کنار زندانی های دیگه زندانی های در واقع مبارز و مقاومی که توی زندان هستن و ببین یه اتفاق یه چیزی در ادامه حرف قبلی میخوام بهت بگم اون اینه که اون آدم معروفهی هم که در واقع اگر بگیرنش همه ستاره های جهان براش بیانیه میدن اون هم تو انفرادی همون آدمه رفته وارد اتاق انفرادی شده من با در واقع یکی از زندانی که تازه از زندان آزاد شده حالا چون مطمئن نیستم که دوست داشته باشه اسمش تو این مصاحبه بیاد یا نه اسمش رو نمیگم ولی یه آقای بسیار مسن و بسیار محترم حالا مثلا قبلا نه تو این چند آخیر میگفتش من وقتی وارد انفرادی کردم میگفتش که من اصلا فوبیا تاریکی و اتاق خالی دارم و لحظه‌ای که وارد اون انفرادی شدن و در و رو من بستن احساس کردم که یک حمله و یه حس در واقع استرس و تشنوجی داره به من وارد میشه. گفت به معنی که در رو من بسته شد اون حمله به من وارد شد و من در زدم و صدا کردم زندانبانو خواهش می‌کنم یک لحظه در رو من کنن داره حمله قلبی بهم به دست میده. می گفت اون در رو وا نکرد. گفت در زدم گفت گفت چیه؟ گفتم که من دارم خفه میشم. یه لحظه در رو و اون گفت بمیر. خب و این آدم این آدم محترم در عرصه بین المللی در سالهای زندگیش همیشه خودش آدم محترمی بوده میشناختنش ولی اون لحظه‌ای که در انفرادی رو روش بستن تمام اون سالها در واقع شخصیت، متانت، شهرت، محبوبیت همون چیزهایی که در واقع به دست آورده بود اون لحظه توی اون اتاق بسته تموم میشه اون حسی که بهت گفتم تا آخر عمر یادت میمونه که یک جایی از جهان نه اون جایی جهان نمیخوام بگم جمهوری اسلامیه و خیلی بخوام راجب راجبش ازش یه قول قوی بزرگی بسازم و اون یک جایی از جهان اون جایی بیقانونیه که هر جای دیگه هم ممکنه اون بیقانونی اتفاق بیفته تبدیل بشی به اون خلبان هواپیمایی که تو قفس آتشی که داعش براش درست کرده بود و سوزون داشت تو اون قفسه آتیش هر آدم وحشی بیقانونی اون اون جای در واقع جهان رو میتونه برای تو بسازه خب و وقتی اونجا قرار میگیری و دست اون، تو اون قفس قرار میگیری تو اون آدمیتی که کسی نمیتونه کمکت بکنه و وقتی میای بیرون این یادته خب و وقتی میای بیرون اگر اون زندانیه بیرون اومده چه اون آدم معروف معروف چه اون آدمی که نه در کهریزک و در بازداشگاه های در واقع بیرون رفته نیاز دارن که اون جامعه پدر و مادرش بشن نوازشش کنن حمایتش بکنن ولی کاری که من زمان خودم هم تجربه شداشم و الان بچه هایی که از زندان میان بیرون بچه های معروفی که از زندان yeah. میان بیرون به من میگفتن که ما از وقتی که اومدیم بیرون خب اینا کارشناس پرونده دارن کارشناس پرونده کسی که از صبح که بیدار میشی به تلفنت زنگ میزنه و تا شب که میخوای بخوابی همچنان به تلفنت زنگ میزنه و روی گوشیت همیشه داریش و این ادم همیشه پای تلفن داره یه جوری بهات حرف میزنه که بهت بفهمه ما تو 360 درجه دور تو هستیم یعنی این احساس خفگی که این همیشه با منه من
0: this is really important because um, I, I guess we file this under the psychological torture, but there is this idea, and when we saw it with the famous actress Tarananda uh, Adidusti, but this was also the case when, for example, Chervin was released, there's this celebration, okay, they're no longer in prison. And there's almost a sense, or there could be a sense that, for those of us, say, in the West, who are looking from afar and going, well, this person's a hero now, they're they're set for life. They're going to get lots of gigs. You know, they're everybody knows them. We love them. We um, and hopefully they can relax. They can know that you know they've done a good thing and the the world is behind them. And you were telling me that because you've been in this situation, those people, the two that I just mentioned and more, as famous as they are, and as much as the world might be behind them and supporting them and happy that they're out, don't necessarily feel like their lives are going to continue in a positive way. They are isolated. They get these scary messages, warning messages. Talk to me
2: a bit about about that experience. <laughs> اون،, اون جایی که میافتید دست اون دست اون شرایط حالا یا زندانه یا دادگاهه یا اتاق بازجویی ساعت‌های طولانی بازجویی شدن بازخواست شدن اه، اه، با با یکی از با منا صحبت می کردم، شاعری که مونا توی،, توی شعرش یه جایی میگه ای ملغمه دروغ ای ترسیده میگفت چند وقت پیش داشتم یک رمان می‌خوندم توی اون رمان به کلمه ملغمه رسیدم و حالت پنیک بهم به دست داد ببین برای اینکه که برای تمام تجربه خودم رو میگم برای تمام کلمه هایی که من توی شعرم گفته بودم جمله به جمله و خط به خط نه تنها سؤال شدم که اینو به چیز دیگه ای وست میکنند بعد میگن که الان این جمله معنیش اینه خب پس تو غریب به جاسوسی پس تو حکمت اعدامه فهم کنی همه ما روز اول بازجوی جز این که تو رو قرار اعدام بکنیم چیزی میشنویم نه و, و می برند در واقع تو یک شرط روحی روانی که وقتی از اون فضا میایی بیرون حالا باید وقت بذاری برای روان خودت که برگرده به اون حالت قبلی آه. خب اه، یه ای به یکی از این دوستام که تازه آزاد شده چند وقت بیش گفتم گفتم ببین من شاید پ۶ سال طول کشید تا یک چیزهایی رو باور کنم که من اشتباه می کردم بیرون از اون شرایط و به خودم برگردم خواهش میکنم تو اجازه نده برای تو هم مثل من انقدر طولانی بشه وقتی که تو رو میگیرند بازجوات و اون آدم هایی که مسئول پرونده تو هستن و اینها وقتی آزاد میشن آزاد نیستن شروین آزاد نیست، ترانه آزاد نیست، من آزاد نیست، هیچ کدومشون آزاد نیستن من وقتی که تو بازجویا باشون همکاری نمی خانواده منو رو اهزار کردن و زد اطلاعات و این, این جز شگرداز خب خانواده رو میکشن وسط بقیه رو آزار بدن سراغ بقیه برن و وقتی دیدن که خانواده و مادر من مثل خودم نوع ادبیاتشون، اون سعبازجو به مادر من گفتش که دختر شما دوست داره قهرمان بشه و ما ازش قهرمان نمی سازیم این دوست داره بره زندان و ما اینو رو زندان که قهرمان بشه بیرون و براش زندان میکنیم زندگی رو براش زندان میکنیم. اینکه آدمهایی که پتانسیل قهرمان شدن و محبوبیتشون بیشتره رو تو طولانی تو زندان نگه نمیدارن و تو بند عمومی نمی یه دلیلش اینه که میخوان که قهرمان نسازن و میخوان که خودشون قهرمان قلابی بسازن یعنی واسه هر دوتاش کار میکنن و تلاش میکنن. توی این عرصه وقتی این آدم ها از زندان آزاد میشن، به اون دوستم که گفتم من پنشیر سال تور تا بفهمم این بود بهش گفتم یک کاری میکنن و انقدر صدای قارگار کلاقهای خودشون رو دوروبرت زیاد میکنن که تو یادت بره تو اون باقی که هستی هنوزم گنجشک و مرغشخ هست و تو اینو فراموش نکن
0: ولی مثلا ها از یک کسی بپرزن ولی مثلا شروین خودش نمیدونه الان که تمام دنیا دارن شر ش میخونن و آهنگش میشناسن و دوست دارن.
2: من واقعاً با شروین هیچ تماس نداشتم. حالا تباتی. مثلاً می‌گم، من می‌خوام بگم، چون میخوام راجعش حرف بزنم و چون اونم باوجود داره، می‌خوام بدونن که من با شروین در تماسی نبردم. ولی یه چیز قطعیه. اون شعر دیگه مال شروین نیست. مثل شعر کلاس درس خالی مونده است. توی من که دیگه مال من نیست. وقتی که تو فضای مجازی میرم و می‌بینم که آدم‌ها شعر‌های منو پست میکنن و استوری میکنن، به این فکر نمی‌کنم که ادمها منو دوست دارن یا یاد من افتادن. به این فکر می‌کنم که این شعر درد نسل منه. شعر برای شروین درد نسله درد جامعه است و مردم دارن درد خودشونو و درد نسل خودشونو با صدای شروین گوش میدن آیا ما الان میتونیم شروین در چه حالیه آیا شروین امروز تنها نیست به نظر من شروین اون چیزی که امروز میبینه اینه که بعد از در باز بازداشه شروین شما حجم زیادی بازاشی آخه کاری هم نمیشه کرد این این ناگزیره من نمیخوام کسی رو الان سرزنش بکنم این تعداد زندانی ها زیاد تعداد کشته ها تعداد خانواده قربانی که ما هر روز نمیتونیم راجب شروین یا بقیه زندانیا بنویسیم این طبیعیه که یک هفته راجب تو مینویسن و میرن سراغ بعدی ها و این این طبیعت این اتفاقا عدالته ولی تو بعد از اون یک هفته تنهایی و یه اتفاق دیگهی که میفته اینه که اینها ها فاصله وقتی میان یه پستی میذارن خیلی میگن که بازجوه هاشون بهشون زنی میزن هم مثلا میگن پاکش کن یا این کار رو بکن یا اون کار رو بکن اصلا خیلی هم نمی نویسن خب اون در واقع کارشناس پرونده ها دارن تو رو نگاه میکنن دارن کپچرت میکنن ببینن چی کار میکنی تو میری پست میذاری میونه هزاران پستی که اون روز داره گذاشته میشه. خب. و بازجوی تو میبینه تو این پستو گذاشتی اول از همه اونها تو کامنت ها بهت حمله میکنن یعنی جریان سایبری خودشون میاد و سی تا چرتا تا 20 تا کامنت اولی که میگیری همه منفیه و توی که توی زندان یه بار تنها شدی روانت سرما خورده و نیاز به درمان داری و از زندان اومدی بیرون و تو فضای مجازی یه چیزی میذاری که یه محبتی بگیری اولین چیزی که میگیری حمله است و تو تنها تر میشی و این اتفاق برای همه ادمهایی که تو این سالها مبارزه سیاسی میکردن افتاده و هی تنها تر میشی حالا بلد نباشی چیزی که من سالهای اول بلد نبودم یه چیزی میذاشتم یه, یه پستی میذاشتم پست. اگه الان بگمش همه تو میگین درسته مثلا خب حفه بعدی نزده بودی ولی اون جعیان سایبری میاد یه کامنتای میذاره تو رو مجبور به توضیح میکنه تو رو مجبور میکنه یه کاری میکنه احساب و روانتو به هم میریزه تو هی خودتو توضیح بدی هی توضیح بدی بعد تو توضیح دوم سوم واقعا گن میزنی uh, I mean uh, so let me let me just
0: move away with this is talking about famous people um, in Iran getting arrested and the and the implications. Let me ask you about um, the majority of those who've been arrested who are not famous. Um and as you were just saying, and we can't say the name of everybody, even the slogan, say their name. When we're into 20,000 people, um, that's just not something we can possibly do. What What are you most concerned about uh, in terms of the people who are being arrested arrested during these protests, during this revolution in Iran right now?
2: تقریبا اکثر کسایی که میرن توی خیابون و اکثر کسایی که فعالیت سیاسی میکنن یا میرن توی اعتراضا شرکت میکنن خب آما دیگه همه دارن؟ این ها سربازن یعنی خودشون سربازن در واقع جونشون رو میگیرن کف دستشون و من از خیلی هاشون شنیدم از بچه ناس این است که امروز مثلا پاشون تیر خورده با خوردن یه جایشون مثلا یه مشکلی شده بعد بهشون گفتم فردا نه رو گفته نه فردا هم میرم پس فردا میرم با پای زخمی یعنی مورد بوده که دستگیر کردن طرف از روز قبل پاش زخمی بوده و مثلا سعی کردن همون پای که زخمیه اذیت بکنن خیلی‌هاشون معتقدن که هیچ هی شانسی جز رفتن ندارن و معتقدن میرن حتی اگر شده بمیرن ولی باید زندگی و آیندهشون رو نجات بدن به حال این اتفاقی که واسه بچهای ایران افتاده و این تحریمی که تو دنیا دارن با پاسپورت ایرانی هیچ جایی زندگی نمیتونن بکنن ویزای هیچ جایی رو بهشون نمیدن داخل کشور تو این شرایطن به حال اینا اینا جونشون رو گرفتن کف دستشون و دارن میرن و منی که اون سن سال رو تجربه کردم امروز برام همه چیز دردناکتر از اون سال هاست چون اون سال ها با اون بچه احساس همزاد پنداری میکردم و فکر کردم که خب ما یه سری همرز داریم میریم و از کشته شدن و دستگیر شدن یه سری خب خیلی غمگین میشدیم ولی مبارزه ادامه داشت درست همون شعار توماج سالهی که اگر منو گرفتن یا اگه منو کشتن منو رها کنیم و مبارزه رو ادامه بدین راجب من حرف نزنین راجب بقیه حرف نزنین و مبارزه رو ادامه بدین اون حالو داشتیم الان که یه ذره نامون رفته بالا بچه دار شدیم مادر شدیم پدر شدیم احساس همزادپنداری می‌کنیم با پدر مادرایی که بچه‌اشون دستگیر میشن و خب بیشتر قصه می‌خوریم بیشتر از لحاظ عاطفی تحت تأثیر قرار می گیریم و اینکه اونجا نبودنه یه خیلی خیلقشنگیه که می گفت ماها دچار سندروم بازماندگی هستیم اون آدم که از زندان میان بیرون و فکر می که من آزاد شدم و زندم ولی تعداد زیادی مردن یا تون راه دادگاه یکی از بچه ها چند روز پیش برام تحریف می کرد می گفت من ترجیح می دادم الان هنوز اون تو بودم آزاد نشده بودم. ولی اون بچه های کوچیک اون دخترای های جوون اون پسرای جوونی که با اون قدر رعنا زنجیر به پاشون بسته بودن یا دخترایی که تو دادگاه با نگاه های مسترب به من نگاه میکردن الان آزاد بودن چون من دیگه تو هوای آزاد زندگی نمیکنم میدونی من این حالو داشتم حتی وقتی از ایران بیرون اومده بودم. و اومده بودم ازدواج کرده بودم و بیرون از ایران بودم دیدن مردم عادگی جمع می کرد احساس می مردم بیرون که خوشحالن که مهمونی می گیرند که پارتی میکنن که بیر... که... که هر جایی میرن اه... یه جور دیوانگی خاصی دارن همین آدمایی که الان آدما بهشون میگن خاکستری اون موقع برای من خیلی از این آدمایی بیرون از ایران شبیه آدمای خاکستری بودن و من دوچار اون صندرورم بازماندگی بودم یه غمی به میاد. این واقعیت که اون بچه ها به هر حال انتخاب می و میرن و به هر حال یه ده کشته میشن مثل تمام انقلاب های تاریخ، مثل تمام جنگ های تاریخ. ولی اونایی هم که بی آزاد میشن به هر حال تا مدت ها همون سرماخوردگی روی روانیی که گفتم و دوچارشن. اون چیزی که نگران کننده است اونایی که در واقع به نحوی خودکشی میکنن. بچهایی که آزاد میشن بلا فاصله باید تحت مراقبت و مشاوره روانپزشک پزشک و روانشناس قرار بگیرن. یکی از بچه ها میگفتش که توی زندان بچه که توی خیابون بازش کرده بودن شب به شب صداشون میکردن و بهشون میگفتن هرکی ترامادول و قرصای قوی میخواد بیاد پایین. می گفت قرص هایی که بچه ها خودشون درخواست داده بودن اونایی که بیماری داشتن هر نوع بیماری و گفته بودن ما باید این دارو ها رو مصرف کنیم تو مدت زندان اون دارو بهشون نرسیده بود. ولی این قرص ها رو می گفتفت به بچه های مثلاشون ساله، 18-19 ساله موش مشت این قرص ها رو میدادن. می گفت با یک مشت قرص برمیگشتن بالا و اینا هم دوچار اعتیاط میشن تو همون چند روزی که این قرص ها رو مصرف میکنن. هم وقتی میان بیرون به حال هنوز اون احساس نیازه yeah. هست. و باز یکی به من می گفت من بیماری استراب داشتم پیش از اینکه تجربه بازداشت داشته باشم گفت یه زمانی متوجه این بیماری شدم و تحت درمان قرار گرفتم و فهمیدم که یه همچین بیماری هست و اگر کنترل نشه عواقب خطرناکی داره و همیشه قرص مصرف میکردم. گفت وقتی که از زندان آزاد شدم بیماری استراب به شکل حادی به من برگشت و اگر من آگاه نبودم به یک همچین حمله‌ای و اگر آگاه نبودم که این حمله استرابگونه چطور به آدم دست میده اون احساسی که فکر می‌کنی توی 360 درجه اطرافت داره بهت حمله میشه در تهدیدی داری کشته میشی و احساس خطر مفرط می‌کنی گفت منم خودکشی می‌کردم و این این آدم‌ها دو این حالا بعضیشون و دیگه احساس می‌کنن حتی yeah, yeah, I mean this
0: is one of the ways in which um, we, we know, even if we don't find out the exact information, we know just how torturous the situation in the prisons must be, that a teenager would go in there even for a few days and come out and want want to kill themselves, once they've been freed. um, That's one of the really scary um, outcomes of of one of the, a piece of evidence, you might say, as to uh, what exactly is happening in there. And I guess, I mean, you've been arrested many times, uh, albeit not during this revolution, this uprising, but as you say, once you're taken in there, you don't know anything about when you're going to be released who you're who you're allowed to talk to what's going to happen to you whether you're going to be executed they wouldn't tell you any of this right no
2: no ببین یکی از مهمترین اتفاقایی که میفته که اونجا صحیح می‌کنن توی زندان با هر زندانی براش اتفاق بیفته تحقیر کردنه و کسایی که از زندان آزاد میشن دو چهار احساس تحقیر شدن مفرتن یکی از حالا چه،, چه جوون ها چه بچه هایی که اصلا شناخته شده نیستن کسی نمیشناسته شما تو خیابون دستگیر میشن خود کتک خوردن خود باتون خوردن فوش خوردن ناسزا شنیدن چون به جد و آباد و خانواده و همه چیشون بد و بیران میگن به دختر ها در واقع های جنسی میدن و همه این اتفاقا. یه ساعت اول دو ساعت اول هی یه کسی داره مرتب تو رو تحقیر میکنه جای بد میبرده جای بد میخوابونته جای غذای بد بهت میده و تو ساعتها مرتب داری تحقیر میشی از نوع غذایی که برات سر میشه اگر تو زندان هایی رفته باشی که اصلا در دستوییش بسته نمیشه دستویش شلنگ نداره همه چیز بازه شما باید مقابل هم دوش بگیرین یا همه اینا همه اینا به حال احساس تحقیر و مرتب توشون تکرار میکنه و اینا وقتی که در واقع آزاد میشن اون, اون، یادشون میره. حالا میگم حتی اگر که یه ذرم آدمایی شناخته شده باشن وقتی میرن اون تو شبیه همون پیرمردیه که بهش گفت بمیر وقتی گفت که احساس خفگی دا به دست میده. اون زندانبانه اصلا نمیدونه تو کی هستی اصلا برش مهم نیست تو بیرون از اینجا کسی بهت احترام میذاره یا نمیذاره من توی یکی از تجربیات تلخ خنددارم این بود که توی آگاهی شابور بعد از اینکه به شدت اونجا مواجه بودم با زندانبانایی که اصلا بوی از انسانیت نورده بودن و همه آدمای اونجا رو به شدت تحقیر میکردن وقتی که از اونجا داشتم آزاد میشدم یه مامور بدرقه اومد منو ببره دادگاه که حالا دادگاه تشکیل بشه شنبه این زهری من توی ماشین پلیس که نشستم به یکیشون بسیم زدن که مدیر فلان بخش میخواد ببینه حالا من نمی‌دونم مدیر کدوم بخش در آگاهی بود بعد گفتن که می‌خواد زندانی رو ببینه و اینا گفتن از کدوم در هگای شاپوری آقا خیلی بزرگیه و دو تا درم اطرافش داره گفتن که مثلا از فلان در خارج بشین که ببینتش ما وقتی رسیدیم به اون دم در که از اون در خارج بشیم اینا شیشه پنجره کشیدم پایین دو نفر جلو نشسته بودم و یه خانم چادری که مامور بعد آقا من بود کنار من نشسته بود دست من به دستم بود و خب سه روز بود هیچی نخورده بودم خیلی قیافه خسته بود آغونی داشتم و اون آقایی که جزو مدیران اون بخش کانتری بود سرشو کل پایین از پنجره به من گفت سلام خانم صیقری عرض ادب خیلی احترام داریم ان که خیلی بهتون بد نگذشته اینجا صمیمانه بود ابراز احترام و علاقهش ولی واقعا من شاید تا مدت ها با این موضوع درگیر بودم از اون اتفاقی که اونجا افتاد که یه لحظه می‌خواستم بهش بگم آقا اون کارمندهای جز چون مثلا زندانبانه چند تابقه پایینتر از اون مده بود اون تو حسابی از خجالت ما در اومدن البته بماند که حالا مامورایی که تو اون ماشین بودن خیلی کلافه شدن که این آقا به یک درواقع واقع ضد نظام داره ابراز احترام میکنه و منظورش چیه و گزارش کنیم از این حرفا ولی این همچین چنین طبقه شیرینی هست
0: we we possibly do about the current. Situation and the arrests that you had, the torture, et cetera, that um, you're so that you're rightly so concerned about. Um, there's a there's an idea that if we say the names of the people, if we make um, it known around the world uh, who these folks are, who their stories are, the ones who are being arrested, the ones who are being detained, that this will somehow help them, that this will affect the regime. Uh, do you believe that's true?
2: Yes, yes. From both sides it's right. Also, when the regime feels that it has a news and all the world is looking at what happens, it's possible to say that to be done, but it's not possible to do it with all of the from that side, from the side of the بعد وقتی که اسمش گفته میشه شنیده میشه کلی روحیه میگیره یعنی به حالین قهرمانای ما این ها کسایی که میرن تو خیابون جورشون رو میگیرن کف دستشون واسه همه دارن مبارزه میکنن
0: آخه میخوام اینو قبول کنم ولی مثلا اسم مهدی کرمی گفته بودیم اره. It didn't seem to make a difference.
2: ببین تو همه اعتراضاتی که اتفاق میفته اولین واکنش جمهوری اسلامی اینه که رو اعدام میکنه این سال 88 اتفاق افتاد تو بقیه حتی میخوام بگم که توی یک اتفاقی که فقط با دراویش اتفاق افتاد محمد سلاس هم ادام شد یعنی هر نوع خیزش ضد نظامی با یک قربانی یا چند قربانی ادام مواجه میشه برها اونا واسه اینکه محمد محتوی کرمی رو و بقیه ادامی ها رو ادام بکنن این بهانه رو آوردن که اینا کسی رو کشتن نه چی میگم؟ درسته که کسی باور نمی‌کنه این ماجرا رو ولی اونها مجبورن برایش یه دلیل بیارن بگن که مأموره مثلا بسیجی ما کشته شده و ما اینو داریم اعدام می‌کنیم این واکنش اولیه است ولی این اتفاق رو نمیتونه به همه زندانی‌ها پیش ببره همونطور طور که برات آرمیتا رو مثال زدم که معروف کردنش و راجبش حرف زدن به هر حال تو سیف سایت نگاش داشتش
0: He earlier that you, you believe this time it's happening this is, uh, Yani. Yeah, there's a, the path is there. This is going to. This is the revolution. Um, to the people who are listening to this or watching this out there, who even those who really want this to happen, but are saying executions are going on, there isn't millions of people in the streets. Um, there's maybe. Not as much enthusiasm as there were in the first few weeks in September and October. The world is looking at all kinds of different things going on around the world, not just Iran. What do you say to those people about why you're so sure that this is
2: going to happen? Mm-hmm. که من هم اونجا بودم. یکی از دوستام از من پرسید ببین از چه وقتون میکش این انقلاب؟ گفتم نمیدونم، من پیشکنن استم ولی خیلی امیدوارم که توی یه سال یه سالانیم جام بشه. گف، اوه یه سال خیلیه. گفتم نه برای منی کسی 10 سال
0: Yeah, there's no. Uh, I I mean one of the things we like to repeat is that uh, we should I think repeat is no revolution has ever happened. Overnight, I mean, it usually takes, if not a year or a year and a half or two years, years. Mm. Um,
2: How much uh, work it as as September? We don't want to
0: say. (laughs) uh, uh, Some people say it's forty-three years in the making, forty-four years in the making. You're you're a poet. You really stood out um, during the Green Movement for your youth, your power of words. the way you perform your words. Um, and nothing Not to say at all that you wouldn't do the same now and you don't uh, in terms of standing out, but one thing about the last four months that is true has been the explosion of Iranian art and creativity addressing this, both from inside Iran and around the world. Can you speak to that and how that has
2: how you have seen that flower? Um I was in Dabore, I in the house uh, of the people who were in of the people who were in the house of the people who were in the house of the people who the ایرانی ها قبل از این انقدر خوشگل نبودن که الان این نسل قشنگن. من اولاش فکر میکردم که چرا اینا هرکی که قهرمانه، هرکی مدال طلا داره، هرکی باهوشه، هرکی زیباست رو میگیره. ولی الان فکر میکنم اینا همشون از بس زیبا و باهوش و موفقا دیگه نمیگنجن تو اون پوسته جمهوری اسلامی. یعنی در واقع این, این نسل های قبلی پدر و مادر هایی که نتونستند، طنجره ای باز کنن و پرواز کنند راه و برای نسل بعدیشون آماده کردن بچه‌های باسوادین بچه‌های زیباییین بچه‌های هنرمندین تو همه چیز پیشرفته و هنر هم بخششونه هنر هم بخشی از زیبایی هنرشون خیلی واقعا پیشرفته شده
0: What do you Hila-chan, what do you believe that we those of us who are outside of Iran should be doing or can be doing to support this
2: یه چیزی بخوام ببد بگم راستشه که قبلا وقتی که تو ایران یه اتفاقی میافتاددم داخل ایران تصورشونیم بود که اونایی که بیرون از ایرانن کنار گت نشستن و از این صحبت ها و مثل ولی من الان فکر کنم که الان مبارزه تو دوجب هست اصلا ایرانی بیرون از ایران خودشون یک سرزمین دیگه یه سری آدم مهاجرت کرده یا رفت دنبال این که مثلا پاسپورت یه جای دیگه ای رو بگیره یا یه جای دیگه ای بشه اونایی که مثلا می‌خواستن زندگیشون رو غربی کنن و اینا نیست. دیگه الان وضعیت مهاجرت از ایران به یک شکلی شده که میشه گفتش که 60 70 درصد کسایی که از ایران دارن مهاجرت می‌کنن به نوعی تبعید شدن. تبعید شدن که فقط سیاسی نیست. یعنی کسایی که می‌خواستن تو ایران زندگی کنن و تمام تلاششون رو کردن که تو ایران زندگی کنن. ولی شرایط سیاسی اجتماعی ایران اونا رو به بیرون پرتاب کرده اینا مجبور شدن که بیان بیرون این نوعی تبعید و وقتی جمعیت این مهاجرا این همه زیاده میشه به راحتی گفتش که ما ایرانیهای مهاجر یه سرزمینیم و ما تو این سرزمین داریم مبارزه می‌کنیم میتونه این دو تا سرزمین جدا از هم با یک هدف مبارزه کنه اما تو این سرزمین هم مبارزه است و داره خوب مبارزه میکنه و خیلی هم مؤثر بوده
0: and, and what do you think the next steps should be? I mean, are you someone who believes in this idea of a coalition of opposition leaders coming together, those people who tweeted on uh, New Year's Eve um, coming together and forming some sort of a, a council that then guides this thing from outside of Iran?
2: راجب بحث رهبری و لیدرشپ باید اول با واقعا یه کسانی بیان خوشن رو به عنوان لیدر رسما معرفی بکنن. اون اتفاقی که توی نیو افتاده اتفاق مثبتی از این جهت که نشون میده یه سری آدم که حالا فالوورای بیشتری دارن مخاطبه بیشتری دارن تریبون دارن صداشون میرسه هر کدومشون توی یک زمینه‌ای داشتن این مدو فعالیت می کردن یعنی فعالیت‌های متفاوتی داشتن با اون جمله مشترک نشون دادن که آدم های همراهی ان ذیاتی با هم ندارن چون موفق ترین قسمت جمهوری اسلامی تو همه این سالها این بوده که همیشه بین اپوزیسیون شکاف ایجاد کرده yeah. یعنی اپوزیسیون ایران بزرگترین باختش جایی بوده که نمیفهمه بابا اینا من خودمونن چرا ما رو از خودمون دور میکنیم به یکی میگیم تو اصلاح طلب بودی به یکی میگیم تو سلطنت طلب بودی به یکی میگیم تو فلان بودی همجوری خودمون بین خودمون شکاف ایجاد میکنیم. اون اتفاق یه اتفاق نمادین سمبولیکی بود که نشون داد همه اون آدما ها با گذشته های مختلف با طرز فکراهای مختلف از هایی که به قول شما رفرمیست بودن و اصلاح طلب بودن تا مثلا شاهزاده که اصلاً نبوده تو این موضوع اینا همه با هم دیگه اومدن یک جمله مشترک گذاشتن و دیگه این شکافه وجود نداره ولی در مورد بحث در واقع لیدرشپ و رهبری باید یک اتفاق رسمی یک اعلام موجودیت رسمی بشه و خب باید بشه
0: you, you've been living not too far from Iran. You don't seem to, um, want to live too far from Iran. Uh, but you haven't been there for some time and I suspect it wouldn't be safe for you to return right now. If there is a free Iran in the coming weeks, months, years, would you return? Would you want to return?
2: گفتم <تصفيق> به اول که فعلاً به لحاظ احساسی اصلاً دلم نمیخواد این کار رو بکنم اینو تعارف نکردم این چیزی که واقعا بهش مدت ها فکر میکنم که اصلاً از لحاظ احساسی باید با خودم سری ماجرا کنار بیام چون ما میدونیم که به حال انقلاب و مبارزه بدون این درواقع کشته شدن ها بدون این جون ها بدون این هزینه ها شدنی نیست ولی چون اونجا نیستم a final question to you, and
0: I really appreciate you taking the time to do this. Um, you know you were famously a young woman uh, twenty years old who was speaking out at the time of the green movement and became very famous for doing so. If you were to be able to whisper into the ear of one of the 20-year-old women who's on the front lines now in Tehran or Tabriz or Shiraz or Zahedan, uh, what what advice would you want to give
2: them? I not I'm don't them. فکر کنم که چیزی باید بگم ولی دلم میخواست که هیچ وقت دستای همول نکرده بودیم در طول تاریخ در طول این سال ها. دلم میخواست که همیشه دستمون حلقه تو دسته هم بوده باشه.
0: گریه می کنی این روزا؟؟
2: این روزا اتفاقا بعد از سالها دوباره گریه می کنم چون بعد از سال 88 کلان اشکام خوش شده بود و خیلیا به من گفتن چرا مثلا دیگه شعر نمیگی اون لطافت شاعرانه کمی در من خشن شده بود وقتی که وارد در واقع اون فضا میشی و اون اتفاقا رو تو خیابون و ها رو میبینی وقتی میری سر میز باذجویی میشینی و به جای اینکه شعر بگی و کلمات شاعرانه بگی وارد یک مناظره در واقع ناعادلانه یا یک طرف میشی و واجهات یه شکل دیگه ای میشن. یاد میگیری که آدم سختی بشی من آدم سختی شده بودم. این بچه ها این, این جریان دوباره اشک منو درآورد ولی اساسا کم یعنی اینجوری نیستش که نتونم خودم رو تو جمع کنترل کنم گریه هم مال تنهاامه مرتب تو خلوت هم گریه میکنم معمولا صبح که از خواب پا میشم قبل که از اتاقم برم بیرون وقتی که میخوام صورت هم رو بشورم اول یه ذره اخبار رو میخنم یهذره گریه میکنم ولی وقتی از اتاقم میرم بیرون دیگه تا شب اصلا معلوم نیست حالا کر:
0: متمن از شما I look forward
2: to doing this again with more progress in Iran. Mamnashom Merciva Ham
0: That was an interview with the poet, the painter, and the activist Hila Sediki recorded in the Middle East last week. Uh, we're going to post the video version of that interview with subtitles in the coming days on our YouTube channel. This is Rook, episode 231, The Uprising, The Plight. Of political prisoners. My next guest is an author and an award-winning psychotherapist specializing in PTSD. Shirin Amoni Ozadi was born in Tehran, raised in Sweden. She's been working with victims of torture and war at the Refugee Support Center and Refugee Therapy Center in London, England since the year 2000. Her second book entitled Once Upon a Time in Uppsala is due to be released next month. In the meantime, Shirin is currently working with victims of torture at the Medical Alliance for Health Services Abroad, also known as MASA, which is a virtual medical assistance to those fighting on the front lines inside Iran. And right now, Shirin Amoni azari joins me from London. Hello.
3: Hello, Jianjian.
0: Hi. Nice to have you back on the program. I don't think a I don't I don't believe a psychotherapist can do anything about my voice right now, huh?
3: You sound great.
0: <laughs> Thank you. Um, l- well, I really appreciate you coming back on the show. And, and in particular, on this program, when we've just had, we've just played this interview with Hila Sadiqi that I did in the Middle East last week. Um, as you know, in that interview, we were focusing on the. The dangerous effects of what this regime is doing to those who've been involved in protests, in dissent, um, political prisoners. This is beyond executions. This is uh, those being jailed, uh, being subjected to psychological and physical torture that is profoundly, as Gila was making the point, affecting the rest of their lives. What do you know about what is happening to those in terms of the isolation, in terms of the psychological torture, etc., to those who are political prisoners in Iran?
3: Well, well, this is the thing, it's got lots to do with the safety. So therefore those who come through to us, we um, sometimes we don't even know their names. We don't know who they are, how, how old they are, which can be irrelevant. You know, so we have a case, for instance, W X two zero. So w- what it is is that when we try to um, make a connection to them and um, try to um, uh, t- to have an understanding of what's been going on, it does take John almost six sessions before they can even trust us to tell that tell tell. Us their names even, Um, some of them we work with. We don't even know how old they are, um, um, and uh, what's been happening, or from which city they're contacting us. So this is meaning they've been
0: they've been drained. They've been drained of any trust in humanity to want to talk.
3: Absolutely. So so what what happens is that when we try to keep that um, uh, safety, but convey. An island of safety, perhaps uh, they can say say to me, for instance, that my name, my first name, is this, and then we we start working on building that trust within that relationship, within that process, um, and and carry on. And we do have uh, meet the obstacles of connection breakage and and interruption, uh, but. Um, You know, what I'm trying to say is that it does take a while before they tell us uh, how they've been treated, how uh, they've been tortured, and many times it is horrific, horrific tortures sexual as well as physical, as well as mental, many times uh, being lied to, uh, I'm sure you've heard this before, Um, but they they are told that that your mom is in danger or your parents or your family is in danger. And uh, many times they say to them that this is your last day. Um, We are taking you down to execute you. You're not going to live anymore. Nobody knows where you are. Nobody hears where you are. You know, that that, that kind of mental torture, thinking that this is my last day. Um, And they're left with it. They're left um, with that. And sometimes when you are released from... From prison, um, you feel that my life is over. There's nothing more I can do. Many do not have any jobs when they go back to reality again. Um, what 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 let, is reality? Let me get to, to the
0: them? let me let me get to them coming up. Yes, but, yes. But one of the things that Hila was talking about that you just that you just referenced is the isolation, not mm-hmm. just physical isolation in the prison. We know that, especially with political prisoners. Uh, who are treated a, a particular way. A lot of them are put in solitary confinement or isolated physically. But the mental isolation of not being able to um, talk to anybody, not not there's no communication with family or friends or anybody on the outside, um, and not knowing what's going to happen to you. You're, you know, she says the moment you're, you're taken in there, you, you don't know what the agenda is. You don't know how long you're going to be there. You don't know when the next time you're going to get to talk to somebody is. You don't know if you're going to be executed or let out in a week. Um, tell me about, the, as a psychotherapist, the implications of going through something like that.
3: I think, well, what I was, uh, what I was saying before, you need, you need some sort of a sense of a safety. And if that's taken away from you, then you don't have a sense of, uh, you, you know, if you don't have a sense of safety, then, then um, and it sits PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder, which, which is, um, you know, comes with, torture, simplest torture, if you if, you, if you're even um, uh, say that if you're even investigated, it's it sits in the core of your body and, 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 and brain. So therefore, it is, um, you, you know, insomnia, um, what is it? Um, uh, many of them suffer from insomnia, many, many of them suffer from panic attacks. Um, so um, and many feel like I'm having a heart attack now, which is, uh, which is again, uh, you know, form of a panic attack. Um, so yes, and and they cannot really function. If you are suffering from insomnia, then then uh, what it is is that you cannot wake up in the morning feeling fresh and and, and uh, doing whatever whether it's studying mm. or going to work or or doing your daily routine. So therefore, they feel that something has been taken away from. They're not this person that they used to be.
0: Right, right. I have a friend who was describing her sister um being jailed in 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 this as a political prisoner in Iran in the last few months and coming out and she said I mean you used the word broken earlier she said her eyes looked blank like this was a vibrant person who almost came out a different person.
3: Yes. Yes, yes. I mean, we cannot underestimate the fact that many of them have said that they are under medication during the um, imprisonment. So during the time that they're prisoned, some, yes, it's been it's been mentioned that many, many can be given chemicals and medicals, um, medicine, pills. They're not sure what they are, but they have been given them to them. So uh, so we're not sure the complications of that either or side effects of that. Right.
0: Gila was referencing the fact that many of those... I mean, this is such a... A dour conversation, but it's not—it's something we can't avoid. This is, this is what is happening right now, and and you're on the front lines of trying to deal with this. Uh, she was referencing in that interview um, those teenagers um, often and others who have committed suicide within days of being released from prison. So, so they're released, and you think, okay, well they're out now. Um, it may seem like an obvious point, but what can we learn from the fact that these teenagers then go on to kill themselves once once they've left? prison
3: yes i think there has been some in the I mean it's so hard because many of them are under the house arrest so you cannot really go to a, a lab for instance and, and give blood to see what substance is it in, is it in your body so but but people are, are are coming forward and they're saying things like you know going in we're giving um different colors different sizes pills and we're coming out uh we're giving something different so we're not sure if this is something chemical if it's a substance in your body that makes it makes you feel this um you you like you're on a roller coaster that you need to you feel suicidal Mm -hmm. it's an urge to to kill yourself whether it's that or the um the impact of tortures that you've been under and also feeling the isolation that nobody understands. I cannot tell anyone, Uh, especially the sexual tortures that many go through and um, feeling that that, that you cannot, and and again, families um, praise, some of them do, some feel that you've brought shame on the family. So they're very much, no matter how they're treated, they're very much on their isolation of, um, this this is this is horrific. I never thought, many do say, I never thought in a million years that I would go in there and be subject to this kind of torture. Right.
0: You know, you said something interesting earlier that, um, and this is something that, again, from the conversation that we just ran that I had with Hila last week, uh, about the, the idea that, even when you're freed from these um, prisons uh, and some of the prominent people we were talking about talent Talen at Ali Dusty uh, you're not actually necessarily free just because you've been set free from this this prison and and you said something earlier a few moments ago about um, how the burden of being called a hero on the face of it it would seem like a a wonderful thing to be considered a hero for not just other people in Iran, but those of us in the diaspora holding these folks up, whether it's Shervin or Tumaj or whoever it is and going, these are legitimately heroes who are fighting for freedom on behalf of all of us. Uh, but you're, you know, you're, you're suggesting that that's also um, something that's an incredible burden for them to carry. Can you speak to that? Yes, absolutely. It
3: is. a it is. I, I hear many, um, you know, it's, it's such a difficult balance. I think in one hand, you just want to be able to celebrate that there are back home and, and um, you, you know, having that pressure of, uh, you, you know, living up to that uh, role of being, uh, position of being a hero, it's, it's hard. It's a burden more than anything. And I think, um, people around you do assess you and monitor you every every move to see what's changed in your daily daily routine what's changed your in your uh, eating routine why aren't you eating as well as you did before that's also a kind of burden balancing it out is difficult do you see what i'm saying so so it, it's just many do say that my mom is so concerned, I did eat today, I really didn't want to. Um, I have no appetite, mm. but I ate because she made my favorite dish. Um, so all of that can be seen as, as, a, as a burden too for them. I think not knowing uh, for those who come out, what's really happened to them, not being able to digest and see uh, who they are today, and then be able to uh, gradually build up their strength to uh, to understand themselves uh, more than anything mentally, physically. Sometimes some of them have lost an eye; they have to cope with that. They have to come to a realization that this is this is who I am. I cannot have that eye back, mm. you know, or I'm limping. There's something wrong with my leg, you, you know. But this is who I am today. I may get better, maybe not. You know, coming to a realization that this is not uh who who i was before and having people around you that you also have to please that you also have to act for that's mm. also a burden
0: how there's so how is, can happen- you give an example of how um being considered a hero is a burden
3: oh yes um i used to work with a um Gentlemen, this was many years ago. I'm not going to go take any cases from from the people that I'm working for today, but with today. Sorry, but um, uh, I had this gentleman who was a hostage uh, from Iraq uh, and um, when he was in in the war zone of um, Iran and Iraq, so he was on a front line and he was he was taken as a hostage and he was kept a hostage for seven years and when he was finally re- released going home to iran he um that he was under so much pressure because everybody was so happy to see him and obviously he was greeted um as a, as a hero and because he couldn't um actually um explore and and express what he'd been through he um he sought um um, comfort in, in drugs mm. and became a drug addict wow. in order to ease his pain um i am glad that um, there are organizations like maxa that we're reaching out to say that um you know we are here for you um and uh, no matter the obstacles because there are many Shion, working with people in iran um to say that you know there are other options, um, and and and, and we, you can reach out. We're here for you, and we stay with you. We stand with you. Um,
0: it's 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 really um, powerful and uh, um, impressive to see what this massa organization and other organizations like it. Where there's doctors from around the world, like in your case uh, in this alliance, coming together to try and help people um, in Iran. You did talk about the obstacles. You are removed. I mean, you're a few time zones removed in in, in your case from uh, these people who are in Iran. How do you how do you assess whether you're having an effect?
3: Um. There are a list of things that you can see because, um, you know, obviously we're not working uh, face-to-face. So um, I'm missing out on the facial expressions. I'm missing out on on uh, their appearances. So I cannot see that. I cannot assess that. But w- what we what we tend to do is to... Um, it's funny, when, when tone of voice is one, that from the start of the session to actually the end of the session, mm. you can sort of assess and see that there's a... There is a higher tone in the voice, and you can see that it's, um, you, you know, or even a, you can you can even hear laughter or a smile. You can you can hear that. Um, also within the, um, so, so I have a more work mobile. Um, so the pictures change sometimes from black to uh, sunrise, mm. or um, it could be a bird flying, you know, things like that. Do you feel ah? Uh, this is, and it's utterly rewarding. I wouldn't change it with any anything else. <laughs> wow. Yes, it's very rewarding.
0: How, how is it, Sheenjan, um, how has this work affected you? I mean, one of the last times we spoke, we had you on the show, you, you had gone to that massive uh, demonstration in Berlin. Uh, and you were feeling quite exhilarated about this uprising, this revolution. You were you were feeling like um, change was coming and you were feeling a part of it. Ha- has, has this work that you've been doing um, changed your feeling about what is happening in Iran or underscored it or somehow affected um, the way you've been, your relationship with this revolution? I think that
3: I, you know, many times when I work with uh with patients in Iran, I just feel that I, I hear myself in my head saying that this will come to an end. So I'm still very hopeful about it. And I feel that, um, you know, my work is also a, um, what is it, it's, it's a fight. It's a fight to say, no, you, you know, you, you cannot do this. You cannot break her or him. This is, um, this is a person with an open mind, who's very strong um, minded, um, you know, and, and, and I do see that. I do see, I, I saw, um, uh, I was working with someone from the most, you can work with someone from the most religious families in the most religious cities and you feel, oh my God, you can see, you can see life and you can Mm -hmm. see her being alive and you can hear her ideas and you can think, oh my God, there's hope. There's hope. There's hope for for future of Iran. There's hope for these, these teenagers. There's hope for this young people. So, uh, yes, still very hopeful about it. But working within Iran, from, you know, not from here, because we go to demonstrations and I, 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 I'm i very active, but working in Iran with the Iranians, I just sort of feel that there is that hope within, you know, more hopeful about it. That's what I'm trying to say. I'm more hopeful than I was from you're more hopeful I- you're more even <laughs> dealing
0: with people who have been tortured you're more hopeful that's a that's, a, that's quite amazing um, do, you, do can I just ask you I mean how this is obviously volunteer work you there's no um, material gain to be uh, doing the kind of work that all those involved in the mass organization are doing doctors from around the world um, how do you balance this in terms of your own schedule have you put have you put a certain amount of time aside each week for your Regular paid clients in in London, and then uh, you you do this on the on the side, and then you do your demonstrations and writing a book. And I mean, t- tell me where this fits into your current schedule.
3: Sure, I, I start really early in the mornings, so that's what I do. I start early in the morning. So um, in Iran, if you start around six thirty, then. Then um, you know it's almost like ten o'clock in the morning, and that's that's what you do. Um, I start early, and I fit that into my mornings, and then I go back to my paid work. And uh, yes, there's a lot of work with with the book too. Um, Every little thing needs signature and approval and everything else. So so yes, I uh, my during the day daytime until the afternoon, I try to I walk my dog. So that's Mm. my my your um, respite you know, clearing my head um and then um i do i do set time for yoga i do set time for pilates um uh, and uh, the demonstrations give you um energy so i do little little bits and pieces but but um we also do um weekly meetings with master. most of them are based in america so some some meetings can start from 11 o'clock at night Right. And carry on until until late, but so far so good. It I manage well. I does it, to it ever get
0: to, Does it ever get too much for you, or you sort of think I I can't um, handle this? I mean, yeah. not 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 the, does, not, yeah. not just the crowded schedule. I mean, the impact of the traumatic stories and stuff. Although uh-huh. I I guess that's part of your job, so you're used to it. But
3: yeah, I am. I am used to it. I think uh, if if you would, yes, I I um, probably. Um, do have to balance it out a little bit. Um I can say no. So sometimes when I feel that there are meetings that I I cannot attend, um, I do say that I'm sorry, this is too late at night for me. I need my rest. Right. So I can do that. Many times I have to fight for it. I have to be honest. Because they do say we, we never sleep right. or um you you know, but I, I I have to. I just have to in order to be able to cope. Okay. Just like um, a fight-
0: a final question to you, uh, yeah. uh, at this moment, at least, uh, I mean, we'll continue to uh, talk over the, the weeks and months I'm sure. But, um, you know, you've been doing this for years. This is your job. You've been dealing with people who are in dangerous places who people who have been, uh, tortured people in war zones. Um, but I'm curious if this is, feels different for you somehow. Um, maybe because of your background, maybe because of your own in- investment in this this uprising, this revolution. Maybe because of your own desires for for wanting change in Iran. Uh, the answer maybe it, it isn't. It's the same as it always has been when you were dealing with that uh, the person who had been in prison in Iraq uh, a few years ago, etc. But uh, tell me, is is it does it does this feel somehow different this time?
3: Um. It does. It does feel different. I um, feel that. Um, I feel that my heart is is, um, is in it, so that I can, um, you know, that I can. I need to monitor myself more. I need to assess myself more. I need to assess that I can't transference and what's been projected into me more, and then you know that uh, it feels more. Huh. Therefore, you have to watch out more. Um, you know like for instance they wait for for a week to get to that appointment to that session and there's no internet oh. um so i feel sometimes like say i'm very band restricted i'm uh, i do a psychoanalytical work, so therefore yes i'm very boundaries um and uh you can hear yourself in your head and in your heart saying that Maybe I can offer him or her a session later in the day. So, even thinking that means that you know, I need to monitor myself uh. more. It hasn't happened, but even hearing that, so I need to monitor myself more, I need to wa- watch out more. Um, so yes, assessing and monitoring right, right. all this, maintaining your own boundaries yeah. it more yeah.
0: I, I sorry, I said that was a final question. This is actually the final question. I should have asked you earlier. <laughs> I'm curious. How, how do people inside Iran, those who need help, how are they finding you? How are they finding Masaw, the organization?
3: So what we're doing is that like you uh, offering um, you know a, an interview, so um, I was on Manitou TV. Uh, twice talking about massa. I think the doctors, Dr. Kamyar and Dr. Arash Aloi are doing their best. Um, I think there's a TV uh, production company with um, Mr. Jarosz Ekbali, so they're doing a lot of work with him in order to raise awareness about uh, the triage number and website to say, here we are. Uh, and therefore, that's how they come through to us. So they they actually um, contact uh, the triage, and they give a short, brief description, um, background of themselves, and why they would need psychological help. Oh. Where I'm in that department, and um, the cases would come through without any names, any uh, personal information about them, and uh, the settings and the structures are um, are are according very ethical going ahead with with the BACP UKCP that I'm 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 working that I'm working uh, with. So um, therefore, um, we start seeing them. So we, we take on the cases, and we start seeing them. Uh, as as ever,
0: I, I, I was gonna say, as ever, you know, even, even having said that, when they first come to you, sometimes they don't wanna say anything, they don't even wanna give their name, they don't wanna, they're still taking that first step of reaching out. So, there's probably countless numbers who aren't even taking that step, right? Yes. Shirin Ammoni Ozadi, it's, uh, it's always a pleasure. It's always informative to talk to you. Thank you for the work you're doing and, um, good luck with the book release. If we don't speak before then in, in February, and I'm sure we'll talk again soon.
3: Thank you, Sion. Thank you for being. Thank you. Thank
0: you. That's the award-winning psychotherapist Shirin Amani Ozadi joining us from london england today this is full time for rook for today thank you to the amazing team who put this show together savvy rohan talented anikita super p parisa smart pega Mertan, and Gubishaya. thank you to all of you out there for supporting us and sharing our content please subscribe if you haven't done so already and if you are so inclined and you do want to support us and you're a regular listener go to our website rookmedia.com and press the support us button Uh, means a lot to us for you to become a regular patron you can find me on instagram at gian gomeshi in the meantime as ever mizumbashi